Sorry? Will you play another gig at the youth centre? Cause that... Do they still do it? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. That was like... Because we played there a fair bit yeah. as a shit band and you guys like <laughs> packed the fuck out. Like you couldn't That's move funny. in yeah. there. I remember that. Yeah. So Wollongong needs that sort of shit. Wollongong's been the weirdest place for, for music. There's just been so many awesome bands and just metalheads. Like, you know, we yeah. moved down here from, from Brisbane. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Yeah, when I moved uh, moved down from Brisbane, uh, what the end of '05, and I stayed down here for a, a week before moving into a place in Sydney, and I couldn't get over how many metalheads were just walking around the mall. Yeah. I'd never seen it before. Like living in Brisbane, you just don't see dudes wearing like anthrax t-shirts and nuclear assault t-shirts and everything. I'm just going, what, what is this? This is like yeah, I thought it was yeah. country town. You think because <laughs> it's a steel steel town. I think so. Yeah, you know, Birmingham, man, Judas Priest and shit. Like yeah. it's, and it, there was a few metal bands as well. It sort of came came through the gong yeah. as well. I think like even like Segression and yeah. uh, what were they called beforehand? Easy or something like that? Or really? uh, I think that anyway. But um, yeah, and I think a lot of like big international bands played there as well. Like I think it waves. So like Slayer and Machine Head. Fucking and, really? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. So just insane. Jesus. So all the older guys went to all those shows, and they obviously had kids, and it's like oh here. Mm. Here, son, here's his slayer, rain yeah. of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the next generation, but um, nowhere else in the country is like the gong. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? That's fucking great. Get yeah. on the gong. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a weird place, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember there was like a gothic group. There was maybe about 13 kids. Yeah. And they were at every single show, like any, any heavy band, they were always there. Yeah, right. Okay. And they were like the main crowd. I'll probably know them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they were pretty cool, though. They yeah. were just fucking... Yeah. But anyway, welcome to the show, welcome Andy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Fucking hell. From Stoked. Lord. The bass player from Lord. That's me. Yeah. New yeah, album's just released. It is just out. I uh, came out... Uh, Undercovers. Yeah, Undercovers, Volume 1. Volume 1, so... Yeah, what's... going to be a Volume 2, then. Oh, I go, well, I have to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said to Tim, I go, in our band, I said, oh, I don't know about the Volume 1 thing. It sort of makes us have to commit to something. He's like... Mate, we're going to have to do more of them anyway, so just put the volume one on there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, no worries, all right. So yeah, so volume one, and we'll see what happens. And you're in the areas. Yeah, well, we've been told we're going to place in the top fifteen. Where I don't know, but um, yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I, That's fucking awesome. I, I had a look at them the other day, and I thought that we missed out. And looking at the Aussie artists, we're competing against ACDC still. Holy Fuck shit! Hell. No way. The Wiggles. Yeah. In excess, <laughs> which is some like compilation best of thing that's probably been released fifty million times. Yeah. Yeah. And basically everyone who's like a nostalgia act from oh, Australia so is still in the charts. And yeah. I thought there's no way we're gonna get in. But apparently we're gonna we're gonna play. So Fuck yeah. Cool. That's, uh, awesome. I hope so. That'd be yeah, it fucks me off a bit because there's only so much space. And then all these yeah. ancient acts that are basically cover bands of what they used to be fucking fill up all the space, you know? It's yeah. um well, I think it shows that the music industry is pretty much run by accountants and they just want to sure things that I'll buy Bob Dylan's fucking back catalog for a billion dollars. <laughs> so guess who's going to be listening to Bob Dylan for the rest of our fucking lives? You yeah. Know, anyone that watches anything on TV and stuff. So they're yeah. not prepared to invest anything into new uh, new bands and that. Maybe we shouldn't expect them to because they're just fucking accountants, you know. You, yeah, it's a bit got, like that. you got to do your own thing. But yeah. I, mean, I think the, the cool thing that we've noticed, because this will be the second time we've charted, so the last album... Two years ago, we just it was just a fluke. 
we just snuck in on the 20, number 20, just snuck in there and we thought, oh, quite, quite weak. We got in. <laughs> yeah. And, and ever since then, we've realized that it's not as hard. And I think just because people don't buy music like they used to, you know, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's easier to get in. And what I've been saying to a lot of people is that as long as you're ticking the boxes of making sure your music's in the right spots to begin with, so do all your admin work, everyone's got an opportunity to get in now. And, yeah, yeah, that's and right. for us, I always say to, to the people who support us, I go, Back us, like get some Aussie metal in the charts. Like if you're sick of seeing like some indie pop or whatever it is, all the old nostalgic acts, yeah, go and pre-order, like or go and buy the digital copy or just go yeah. and stream the hell out of these songs and you might see your favourite bands in there. It's Fucking not that hard. Is that how ARIA works? So it's not just co- it's actual streaming as well. It's a combination of a whole bunch of different things. Oh, okay, so, yeah. um, so what you'll find now is that there's certain online uh, like e-commerce platforms. So we use Bandcamp and Bandcamp yeah. are linked into the Arias and um, and then obviously all the streaming platforms. And then I think, and I could be wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure also Radio Airplay comes into the equation as far as, I don't know, it's some sort of like some complex. Some algorithm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we got, we got heaps of... Uh, Heaps of radio airplay through Triple M and Triple J over the past month. Fuck, have you? Yeah, Triple on J. Yeah, because we. God, they've been playing shit lately. Oh, well, we we did the Savage Garden cover, and so oh, I think for them yeah, it was just like right. the, the 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 carrot was like, oh, here's the novelty metal band <laughs> cover, <laughs> Savage Garden. Let's just thrash Smash it. Smash him. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. good. Were so I think that helps. Yeah. Were you on the ABC the other day? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'll put it on oh, with Lindsay. Yeah, I made Matt put it on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Good. So we hit another demographic, the local local guys in the gong. <laughs> That's in. right. Yeah, I had a few it. messages from people going, just turn you on the radio, man. Yeah. Like, oh, no, cool, it's cool. Yeah. 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 So who, um, not who, but how did you select those songs for, you know, for like for, for an album, a covers album, you know, like. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean, we've always been known for doing covers over the years, like, mm. for, like just since day dot. Um, even like, because the band just without going on too much of a tangent, the band used to be called Dungeon and we were formed in 1989 in Broken Hill of all places. So Shit. the guys moved to the East Coast in the mid-90s and then uh, continued the band and at the end of 2005, they decided to change the name from Dungeon to Lord. So it's the same band, basically. We okay. play all the old stuff, uh, just had a name change. And But right from day dot, it was always covers. Throw covers into the mix and just, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a good crowd pleaser. Yeah. And people people talk and, and all that sort of stuff. And so over the years, what we've done is we've recorded all these covers and just for, I guess for the love of the songs, like we always just love these original artists and, and these songs that we've grown up with. And uh, But we've used them for like bonus tracks on different releases around the yeah. world. So yeah. Japan in particular, they always want bonus tracks because they're trying to like it would be cheaper for Japanese people to buy the import than to buy the local version. Ah, okay. So they would load it up with extras. Is that why they got a Japanese version of yeah. things? Yeah. And so they try and make it more unique and special for Japanese people only to, yeah, okay. to justify the, the Is that because there's some import license uh, yeah. tariffs or something? I, is I don't think it's as, as much of a factor anymore. I think it's more of just a nice tradition that they still do now. But yeah. I think back in sort of the 70s and the 80s, it was more of an issue. So for us, like we've just been used to throwing all these extra songs at Japan for each yeah. of our releases and then we would do the same here in Australia we do stuff in in Europe or the US or where, wherever and um and then people would just contact us years later and go oh what happened to that cover song you guys did and I said oh it's on a Japanese press somewhere and <laughs> yeah, no yeah. one could find them yeah. so with all the stuff that's been happening over the past 12 months you know globally we haven't been able to do much like a yeah. lot of bands and we thought let's slap all these songs together put something out and we'll record a couple of covers as well and yeah. some new ones and uh, put it out. So it's a bit of a retrospective compilation plus some freshies in there. And, and yeah, so, but it, I guess to answer the question long way around, yeah. um, 
man, we grew up on everything from 80s pop to like, you know, extreme metal and yeah. everything in between. So basically any song that we love, we're just going for it. As long as we can do a good job of it, then yeah. we'll, we'll go for it. Yeah, yeah. Shattered turned out like yeah, a bit really of Pantera, good. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. turned out nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that would have been fun to play, I think, as well. Like, Man, we recorded that. So we recorded the drums at Main Street. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam, down, down the road. Adam Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I recorded, I think we recorded the guitars, including my bass, at Tim's place when he was living in North North Gong. Yeah, okay. In yeah. this tiny little unit with his crappy little computer and we had everything plugged up and we were recording <laughs> it. So even like today I was listening, I went through and listened to the album again and uh, I was listening to Shattered and I can hear like my bass through it and I could remember actually recording that That's on this cool. crappy little chair in yeah. his like tiny little... <laughs> Spare bedroom in his unit, <laughs> just going. You know, so <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, it's it's amazing because, like, as I said, like these songs have been recorded over the past, oh, yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, so Shattered was recorded in oh, the beginning of two thousand and six, I think. So, really? so yeah, and so I mean, everything's been remastered. To yeah, sort yeah, of sound a little bit fresh, but yeah, um, but yeah, they're they're old now. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, have you got like plans of like? Touring or gigging, it's kind of hard now, isn't it? Is it is hard, to... yeah. I think, um, like, we, we've got two things going against us. One is this pandemic stuff that's yeah. kind of been a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a lot of mates that have started playing shows now, which has been good, um, but, you know, you tend to start booking shows and then states start to border down for a few days. Yeah. That throws everything out of whack. Um, only up until just a few weeks ago, you had to still sit down at shows in New South Wales as well. Yeah, so for right. us, I'm like... I don't know if we That's want to get on stage work. and play metal with people sitting down. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. It's kind of a bit weird. I, I respect the bands that are getting out there trying it, but um, for us it wasn't wasn't a factor. But um, the other thing that's been going against this is that we haven't had a permanent drummer for years. Mm. Oh, shit, really? So we're, we're total... It's a classic problem. Total spinal tap. Like, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the dungeon days you had a lot of um, roster changes. Yeah. Like yeah. the guys coming and going and coming back and playing live shows and then... Yep. Same yeah. And same all through the, all through the Lord uh, era as well. Uh, so Mark, Tim, and myself are the mainstay um, in the band, and so we've sort of collectively been together for I don't know about 12, 12 odd years now. But um, yeah, had a revolving door of drummers, yeah. and we sort of got to the point now where it's like, well, that's okay. We we know a lot of great mates who will just come in, session guys. They know what they need to do, and they can uh, sort of you know pick up the pick up the job and and get it done. Yeah, but it does make it hard to sort of make really quick decisions and go. We want to do that. We want to do that because you have to go and. Approach these people, sort of like getting a contractor in and going, yeah, yeah. Do you have availability and what's your rates? <laughs> blah blah blah. You know? Yeah, so yeah. I'd love to have a permanent guy, but I think for us, our band is we're so old now as a band. That's just a really hard thing to infiltrate and be a part oh, of. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's like welcome aboard, mate. Here's the band. By the way, we only see each other about five or six times a year. Um, we play like three times a year if we're lucky. Um, so just go and sit over in the corner yeah. and just not do anything and we'll be in touch, you know. And they're like, oh, thank you so much for letting me oh, yeah. band, you know? what do yeah. you What do you ask for a drummer to come in? Like, you know, you must play at 260 BPM. Or, you know, like, show us your blast beat or like... Yeah, it's tough. I mean, because we play a lot of different styles of music yeah. as well, like a lot of different styles of metal. So there is blast beats in there. Oh, yeah. It's like that typical power metal, so this double kick stuff as yeah. well. Um, so usually what we'll do is we'll... We've got a we've got just a go to drop uh, drop box of just all these files, and we'll just go. Here they are. They've all got click click tracks uh, attached to them, and it's like go and have a listen if you can play them. Then just throw a, an iPhone up in the corner of the room and just film some stuff and show us what what you can do. And 
that's that's the that's the test. That's cool. Yeah. So we see, and we get a lot of people who go, "Hey, we're keen," and it's like, "Okay, just literally like get your camera and film. It doesn't have to be perfect. We'll mm-hmm. get an idea." Never hear from them again. You go, okay, that's the first test because if, if they couldn't even do that, then yeah, there's no chance right. they're going to do anything else. Yeah. yeah, the um the keenness kind of dries up. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got to put some effort in. Yeah, yeah damn. Well, fuck, I can't play that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that I um actually came and tried out. A lot, not even try out. I wouldn't call it try out, but Tim, um, the Tim Yatris, the, yeah, he yeah. contacted me because I was playing a little bit. But I, I turned up and Tim Gross, Gross, yeah, um, Gross yeah. yeah, um, he's like, all right, we'll just play some songs and that. Plugs in the amps. I'm like, okay, and he's he's just like leaps and bounds from <laughs> at, at this time. I I had never seen guitar playing like this. You know what I mean. And, <laughs> I was just like melting in my in my chair. It's like oh shit. Plus under yeah. pressure and because I was listening to Dungeon like previous yep, to this, yep. you know, like a year or two in, and I'm just going fucking hell. I wasn't ready, but yeah, it was it was an eye opener. I was like definitely intimidating. I think like even when I joined and we were sort of just getting the band together and like Mav Mav was there, yeah. and the guys, and so we were all sort of fresh-ish to the scenario that we're in but um for me like i mean i'm going oh geez like i'm i'm out of my depth i've got to try and work out where i fit into this and uh, but for anybody else that comes in to try out I, I totally get it because it's just for me i was a fan of the band before i joined and so for me coming in same sort of deal like i listened to dungeon saw them play a bunch of times you know and, yeah. and came in and just thought how's this gonna go man <laughs> like i don't know i don't know if i meant to be here and tim's like oh yeah I reckon you went all right. Let's yeah, stick around. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> you, were you listening to me? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was it plugged in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. But um, so you joined in the final chapter, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So how did that of, all go down? Yeah, yeah. So the end of end of 2005, I joined, and um, I think the guys had a final album in their contract to fulfil. And so that's why it was the final chapter. So Tim had an album more or less written. Um, and then by the time he was sort of finishing off that album, we were already in Lord sort of era. Yeah. The first sort of year Because he'd so. already done the side project, was it? Yeah. So he did um, Lord like as Lord, a solo yeah. thing um, a few years earlier, uh, two or three years earlier. But uh, he was recording it. And so he got us to come in and help record. And so for him, it was a bit of a... Uh, I've always given Tim credit because he's always thinking years ahead and he's like, I need to advertise Lord now inside the last Dungeon album. Yeah. So inside oh, there's yeah. photos of us, so you know, Tim Yatris, Mav, Tim and myself, and Lord is inside the final chapter. And so we play on the final chapter. And so it's just sort of like Sick. goodbye to the first year of the band, yeah. hello to the second era and uh it was i mean at the time i was sort of like oh yeah okay didn't really think about it. i'm like oh whatever you say tim you know i'm still fresh and yeah, eager yeah. for anything he says but looking back it was it was a very smart thing for him to do because it sort of warmed everyone to what the next year of the band was going to be and they sort of it sort of proved who we were straight away because i think a lot of people thought lord's going to be a lighter version of dungeon mm. and uh, it's going to be a bit more flower metal and stuff like that a little bit sort of you know lighter around the edges and i think that sort of straight away said like these guys mean business and, yeah. and don't don't sort of uh, disregard what this next year of the band's mm. going to be. So, yeah, it worked out well. Yeah. Where did you record that album? Uh, so chapter? 301 
in in the in Sydney. Oh, yeah. um, so we did the drums there, and I think Tim did the vocals there as well, or maybe it was Main Street. I can't remember. It was one of the two. We definitely did the drums in in Sydney at three hundred one. Yeah. And then uh, once again, uh, guitars and everything were done at Tim's Back at little home. Wow. yeah Tim's little home well, studio. It, it's and, worked out. Oh man, and like now Tim's in Cringilla these days, and he's got yeah. an actual proper studio. So he he just does everything there. He does video production, does his. Uh, does his bands and obviously does a lot of Lord stuff there. And um, so he does the film clips, does he? Yep. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some nice video yeah. work. Oh, he's like I always say he's our not so secret weapon. Like he is literally like a talent, <laughs> multi talented. Does in oh, yeah, It's yeah. insane. Like we'd be nothing without him. <laughs> yeah, I like in the bio it said that um, back in the day they couldn't find a singer, so Tim, yeah. Tim just decided to do it. Let's give it a go. Like he can fucking sing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to just to put that in there. He's. Like, I mean, he's he's one of those guys who. Just he becomes obsessed over one thing. Like he doesn't know something, so he'll learn it. Yeah. And he just be, he just over obsesses with something and becomes a pro at it, and then he moves on to the next thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. And where a lot of us, like I'm, I'm so guilty of this. I will dabble in lots of different things. Like yeah. you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Barely, yeah. barely even jack of all trades. Like just yeah, like yeah. sort of half ass of all trades. Yeah. And so I can't sit still. I can't just go if I just do this and focus on this for a few years, I'll be really good at this. Then I can move on. I'm like, I want to do everything now. Yeah. And Tim's just right. like, no, nah, going to do this. Going to gonna get pro at it. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. And yeah, it's worked out well hey, for as a, as a slight segue, it's not about metal, but it's about chess, which is pretty close. So that, that um, something happened in the chess world last week, which is pretty fucking freaky. And it's about an, an obsessive learner. Anyway, so the world chess champion is a guy called Magnus Carlsen. I think he's from Norway. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a tournament going on in Germany, and he's uh, it's the world championship. So whoever wins this tournament gets to play Magnus at the end because he's the world champ. Who's going to be the new world champ? Magnus is doing a bit of um, he's out the front of the place where it's the championships going on. He's doing a bit of yoga and shit like that, and he's just sitting there. And this dude in a hoodie comes up, and walks past, and says, "Oh, are you um, you're the world champion." And he couldn't really see his face, and he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, Magnus Carlson." He goes, "Yeah." Didn't really know who this guy was. And then, uh, and he says to him, okay, well, do you want a game of chess? Magnus goes, oh, yeah, maybe. And he goes, well, look, I'll, we'll make it, uh, make it interesting. If you win, I'll give a million dollars to any charity that you ask. And if you lose, you never play chess again. <laughs> and he, he goes, okay. So they, this guy pulls out a chess board and they start fucking playing. This guy's pretty good, not great. But he's pretty good, Magnus. is Because there must have been other people around. Because you can actually, there's a guy called Agamador who's a chess geek on on YouTube. And he goes through every chess game. If you don't know much about chess, every single fucking game that's ever been done properly, the, all this, the whole moves are there. So they can tell where a new, when a new chess game started. It's like, well, no one's done this move before, so it's a new chess well, game okay. after move eight. Yeah. And so someone was there taking the moves. And this guy's pretty fucking good. He, he knew a few of the openings and shit like that, but Magnus had him. Magnus was one move. This guy did a fucking stupid move. He moved the rook, and Magnus, oh, well, that's, he just fucked up there. Okay, well, I've got him now. One move away from checkmate, yeah. and he thought he was going a million bucks to charity. Fucking, I'll go in and and so and then dude pulls his head off, his, his fucking hoodie off, and he's this fucking freak that Magnus played three years ago and destroyed. 
but the guy's a bit Asperger's or some shit, and he's a fucking compulsive learner, and he spent three whole fucking years <laughs> revenge rev- on Holy how to beat shit. Magnus Carlsen, man. And <laughs> this fucking move that he did that should have been a mistake actually wasn't. It was one of the best chess moves ever fucking made. And then he does this whole bishop pairing where the bishop's going up this angle, and Magnus couldn't get that one move. If he had one move, he would have fucking won. Eight moves later, he fucking lost. Wow. So he's given up the world crown. He said he'll never play fucking chess again, and he wants to make this guy the world champion. And this guy has now quit chess himself. He said, I only wanted to do it to fucking beat the world champion. <laughs> and now he wants to become the greatest Tetris player that's ever fucking lived. Oh, well. No oh, shit. Well. It sounds like move bullshit. on to the next one. Yeah, moves on to the next one. He's done that. <laughs> Just destroy everyone's career. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like this. Yeah. So who's next? You who's have next? To quit. It's a bit. Uh, I, Magnus is trying to stick to his word, but I don't think it's really fair. If he had known what this. Who this dude was, what yeah. the stakes might have been a different story. Might, yeah. he, he would have done a bit more research and not taken that move so lightly. But yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. interesting, I, isn't it? I, I, admire, it I admire people like that who yeah. just got this tunnel vision where just nothing else matters. It's just yeah. pure dedication to whatever that craft is that they want to learn. Because I mean, there's so many things that I'd love to do, and I know deep down that if you know, if I've got ten years, I could learn ten things fucking and no, be yeah, really yeah. good at it, and just dedicate a full year of just deep learning. Yeah, yeah. but I can't. No, that's, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, you can only do that when you're I young. can't focus on. <laughs> yeah. There's like 400 things going on at once. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Well, that's like I've started uh, classical guitar again, and I love it, and I'm 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 okay, you know. But I know I'm never going to be fucking like Segovia or any shit. Like I know, like these. Some things you have to start from a really young age and keep fucking going. You yeah, know? yeah, that's why I really like classical music because it's especially for the technical aspect of it, that they're as good as a human can get. You know, if you train yeah, a yeah. human from fucking birth, this is what they can do, you know, um, which is quite cool, but it's not my thing. And it's not... Yeah. And music's a different thing anyway. Not music's not about technicality yeah. anyway to a point, is it? It's, it's about, not like you were really um, sitting there listening to classical music, though, nah, before no. starting classical guitar. So you don't really have the, the drive in nah, that well, way either. I like a bit of it. A lot of it I find quite naff. But I, like, <laughs> I like classical guitar generally, you know. But um, just uh, just fast forward you playing like classical gas. Or yeah, like that. Close enough. That'll do. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Oh, there's some legends out there. Well, yeah. uh, well, guitar is a classic thing, isn't it? Like Guthrie Govan or something like yeah. that. You have to be yeah. compulsive to be that fucking good. You know, you, you got to be kind of insane to play any type yeah, of guitar. You got to sit in your room for fucking hour upon hour, like and repeat the same thing. Again, oh. for fucking thousands of times. I mean, we, you know, we were talking earlier before we started recording about people that are famous and, and getting famous and, and the, the consequence of becoming famous. Yeah. And I think what you find with a lot of people who are highly, highly skilled in something, they've made so many other sacrifices. They, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure Tim won't mind too much with me saying that, but, you know, he, he is so technically um, skilled in so many different things, but... In like everyday life, man, oh, what a pain! Like yeah, if yeah. we go on tour, like he he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> like deal, like he's he's pleasant to people. He he will talk to people, especially at shows. People want to uh, meet him. He's he's really pleasant, but he's not a people person. He yeah. doesn't like it. He 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 definitely sort of he's a bit of a recluse. Yeah, Ingo yeah. um, Malmsteen. Well, but not a, not a not a dick. No, <laughs> but, but yeah, if it, but the same like the same sort of thing. Like, like I think you he you, has no people skills. That's it. There's no balance there. So yeah. you're sort of so far over on one that's end. That's right. Yeah, that you've put so much in that you've sort of missed out on other experiences. Yeah, well, to that build social aspect is a really skills. difficult thing to do. Yeah, I don't. I really like meeting people in this podcast situation. We've made, made heaps of new friends there. But generally, like we had a. My wife won't mind me saying we had a, a Easter party to go to, and I pulled a sickie because I just couldn't deal with fucking 
talking with people that aren't really my folks, you know, like and it's I exhausting can, as well. It's kind of exhausting. Yeah, I've yeah. got to try and find not say anything fucking too rude or anything. Yeah, I'm worried about yeah. that. I have a small son; he's only four, but. I'm worried at that time where he starts making friends and I don't like the parents. You know, you <laughs> yeah. Get, it's like I had a obligation. Yeah, you just got to get <laughs> someone's gotta party. Do it. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing in common with them. And yeah, you know, uh, it's always been those rise above moments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're they're the sacrifices you got to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you grow. You know, yeah, that's right. But yeah. I can understand if you're compulsive about something else. There's other aspects of your life that just have to. They, yeah, la- they have to lag, sacrifice. man. You've only well, got that's why, of time. That's why in our band we've worked really well over the years, particularly Tim and I, Tim and I, because you know from a technical skill set. I mean, I'm yeah, fucking hopeless, you know, but. For, for Tim, obviously, that's his that's his strength, and for me, like all the networking, the social aspect, yeah, the emotion, yeah. all that sort of stuff, that's where I guess I shine in comparison. So Tim's like, oh yes, please go and do all the interviews, please go and do all that stuff, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. and talk to those people. Can you walk over and just talk to those people? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I get to do the thing I love doing. Yeah, you know? so right. it's sort of that. That balances across yeah, two people. No, it's, just that's one. great. It's yeah. a synergy, isn't it? You yeah. know, so you've all got different aspects you bring to it to make it a stronger whole. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So, where did it all begin for you? Like the bass playing and getting into metal and yeah. So, I think I think from a like a lot of bass players um, start off playing guitar, and then uh, I realised that um, it was very hard to join a band. Um, I didn't want to create a band because I just didn't have enough behind me to sort of get started. But um, everyone wanted to be a guitarist. So there's just no, there's no vacancies for yeah. bands, you know. But everyone needed a bass player, and I was just like, All "Is right. that in Queensland?" In that, Queensland, yeah. yeah. And so I thought, well, what's the most important thing here at that point in time in my life? And it was like just to be in a band. Like, yeah, I don't care. It could be a triangle. Don't care. Like, whatever. And so <laughs> yeah. I thought, bass guitar, fair enough. So I went and did a couple of trades with some mates, picked up a bass guitar, and uh, and sort of started playing. But it was really sort of in the back of my mind. I thought it's just a, like a foot in the door just to get used to playing with people in a band and then eventually just go back and play guitar. Yeah. And, well, it's never went back. Yeah, I'm still playing <laughs> bass now. And, um, and then from a metal point of view, I think um, I didn't have any older brothers and sisters like a lot of my mates did. Um, yeah. And I just sort of learnt about heavier music through school. I think it was like The Offspring and stuff like that, a little yeah. bit more punk sort of bass stuff. And then I think someone gave me a really crappy dubbed cassette of Injustice for All, Metallica. Nice. Yep. And I remember listening to it going, I don't even understand what I'm listening to. I've got no idea. So it was blackened? Yeah, blackened, yeah. 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 And I remember um, I remember in particular, uh, Freight Ends of Sanity was like the song that was just so bizarre to me because I had that ooh yeah. at the beginning and I was like, this is so Wizard weird. of Oz. Yeah, fucking yeah. Shit. And um, I, just, I just remember listening to it. I had no idea who Metallica was. Yeah. I thought they were just some Aussie band, like <laughs> ACDC or something like that. And, and then eventually sort of went from there and you start to sort of go down the rabbit hole and you have mates who go, oh, my, my brother's got this CD, have a listen to that. And yeah, so I mean, sort of obviously went off in a bunch of different directions after that, but yeah. so that's sort of like a bit of the OG. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say about the tape um, situation because I asked my sister, her friend had... Because, like, where I grew up, no one had money. Yeah. So we are all, like, copying each other's yeah, tapes yeah. and shit. And they had um, her brother, so my sister's friend's brother had fucking Usual Illusion 2, and I wanted it. So you put that on a tape. It was a 90-minute tape. On the other side was um, Master of Puppets. Yep. And I listened through the whole Guns N' Roses and flipped it over and heard Battery for the first time. And never listened to the Guns N' Roses <laughs> again. I was just like, what is this sorcery? <laughs> It's, it was just 
Oh, it's bizarre, especially yeah. now. Like I, I see a lot of people still, like younger people, getting into metal, and you see the posts on Facebook. It's like, oh, I've got a got a younger brother or whatever, or you know, my kids getting into music. What do you recommend? And it's always the staples. It's always the original stuff. It's the Metallicas and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And you got you kind of think, oh man, like surely there'd be other bands you want to recommend. But then I sort of think, nah, you've got to start with that. That's right. Yeah. Like, then they're. They're big because of that reason. It's and like a building block, isn't it? Yeah. And, and then I, you find... What, and I just overplayed their stuff for, for so many years where it just became desensitized. And I go, yeah, oh, yeah. I could take it for granted. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll hear a song and I'll go, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. why they're the biggest metal band of all I time. I did that recently yeah. and listened to yeah, Master of Puppets, just the actual song. Yeah. Fucking, it's mad. It's great. The yeah. production's fantastic, you know, like, let alone the song, but just that first note. Dunk, and they're, all, a they're all like dudes in their mid twenties, all drunks, yeah, yeah. you know, and just coming up with these masterpieces. Yeah. So until going, man, like, you know, I, c- I couldn't even write that. You know, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> how the hell did they do it? It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like um, I remember reading because you read like who wrote the songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, Orion or Orion, Orion, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to say, <laughs> I've been saying Orion for thirty odd, thirty odd years. <laughs> But um, and he wrote the the classical piece in the center, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, holy fuck! I wouldn't Did know Cliff where to Burton start. Cliff Burton wrote the rest of it. I always thought wrote, Cliff Burton was yeah. Bigger. He wrote like a majority of this shit, yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. you can tell. You can definitely tell after like he died. Like I think of parts of Injustice for All were written by Cliff. It's still pretty good. But then when they got the Black Album, I know what it's the fuck different, happened. Different there, story. You know, there, like, yeah. And what happened yeah. to Kirk? Holy shit! Yeah, what happened? Unlearned the guitar, didn't he? It, it, it was a, it was, it was a sort of a gradual sort of decline <laughs> over a number of years. But I, I saw something the other day where I think, like, I follow some of those Metallica guys on Instagram, and I think it, it might have been Kirk. Yeah, Kirk, and you're sitting out on like his back porch and his mansion or whatever, and he's like doing product placement for some coffee. And I'm like, mate, you're oh, like a multi-mega millionaire. Yeah, Why yeah. are you doing this? And I'm like, go and pick up your guitar, mate. And yeah. I thought, no, that's it. Because I've always been the guy, <laughs> yeah. I've always been the guy who's defended Metallica to the bitter end. Like, yeah. you know, I've, I, I turned a blind eye with St. Anger. I turned a blind eye to Lulu. I did like everything. I'm like, nah, they're just experimenting. Let them do whatever they want. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm just like, I think that the thing that really sort of pushed me over the edge was last year they did like a, an isolation video where they were playing Blackened. But it was like this bluesy sort of acoustic oh, thing no. where they're all in their own homes and everything, and they're oh, playing. It. And no. James just sounded like just old Bulls. man, and I was like, "No, no, don't, yeah. don't yeah. mess with that song. Don't, no, no, I've, I've had enough. I'm just writing this band off now." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've written them off. Few well, they kind of like myself. Snoop Dogg, aren't they? They're self. Like, oh, they what was that documentary they did? Not, not the most recent one. The one before that was. Oh, where he went off to rehab. Oh, some kind of monster. Some kind, yeah. and like oh, that was that, that bad yeah. that I actually kind of liked them because they either got their heads so far up their own ass they don't realize what they look like or they don't give yeah. a fuck, and that's pretty rock and roll. But I think it was actually the head up the ass thing. <laughs> I don't think like Lars realized what a cunt he looked like when he fucking um sold that uh, best wave fucking painting for fifty oh, million drinking champagne. I was like, fuck off. I Lemmy was sitting, didn't do that. I was that. still going through my denial phase, phase <laughs> at that stage. I remember sitting there watching it, going, "It's okay." It's alright. It's, it's not right. right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm losing my. I'm losing my band. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was terrible. Well, you know, like we got ride the lightning, master yeah. of puppets. We got some genius, good, you know, good, there's stuff. Some good stuff there. So, yeah. what year was that? The some kind of monster. Uh, it might have been like 2001 or 2002. Uh, it was not like, long ago, yeah, was it? Yeah, it'd be close to 20 years. Yeah. So they were doing that and you had these like huge bands in, well, not huge, but getting bigger, like in um, Sweden, Gothenburg, yeah. sound was just exploding everywhere. And then you got this 
garbage. Garbage, you know? like, yeah, that's it. I mean, well, that, I couldn't understand well, that it. That was when they were recording the St. Anger album, and so yeah, that was yeah. the documentary yeah. around that. And I remember the hype leading up to that album where they're like returning to the roots, yeah. you know, to sound like yeah, Injustice yeah, yeah. for All, that sort of stuff. And so, like me, like anyone, you're hopeful, you're going, oh, fingers crossed. And then you start to hear these riffs and you're going, oh, and you're right. Yeah. What's going on in Europe at that same time, some of the best melodic death metal, yeah. thrash metal, everything's coming out of there and like world-class production, amazing musicianship, really hooky stuff. And you've got this clingy, horrible, yeah, yeah. raw, shitty production. The, the drum. This, what and, the f- and just a, <laughs> like a lack of care of songwriting. It was yeah, so yeah, egomaniac yeah, where it's it like, I'm just wanna, I just want to put my like – exercise my demons or whatever and put them out there without actually molding a proper song and an arrangement yeah. and it was just yeah it was self-indulgent just rubbish it was, just, it was yeah. rubbish yeah yeah it fucking was. A. in the bin <laughs> hey and that's um well that brings us back to our very first statement about these old bands just hanging around and using all the space up and that's what they were fucking doing they should have just become a metallica covers band played local fucking pubs mm. they had enough money and they enjoyed playing the song still maybe but you know um let some other people have some space, yeah. man. Or at least take shitloads of bands on tour with you and let them get yeah. some fucking space. Um, Lars sucks at drumming as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just progress- progressively got worse over the years. Like, just you. Yeah. Like, I'll give them credit. Like, they still put on one hell of a live show. Like, oh, yeah. And, the, the and they play a lot of their old stuff these days. So I think they sort of acknowledge that this is where, this is where it all comes from. Yeah. But I mean, I've I, I watched Lars like playing some of the old stuff and just watching like him just. Miss drum fills and just go instead of like doing a you just go did it did it did it like just these basic sort of things where yeah. it's like I'm just too lazy now yeah, like yeah. Why, why would I like, like you're still gonna like it anyway you're still gonna pay for the ticket so yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just half ass it you know my mate sent me this clip of Lars playing one and you know the double oh, kick yeah, section yeah. and he was playing it on the tom no it was slow and he was he couldn't even get the the beat properly it was fucked. Do you think um, Joe Satriani played all Kirk's parts and Master of Puppets? Maybe. Or maybe Cliff did. the solos. But Not now, to bag up Metallica too much. So you, know, you got, but, like, Metallica won't go away, but you had, like, um, I don't know if you like Necrophagus at all. I do. Or Necrophagus. Yeah. And um, Muhammad just disappeared. Yeah. Maybe that was the thing they should have done, like, Everyone still craves for the, that. Oh, yeah. That well, you see that meme that album. keeps popping up on the internet where yeah. the guy, the skeleton's hiding <laughs> over the, the console desk going, waiting for the next album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was um, a YouTube video that was posted just last week and he revisited all that and he, he um, brought up that, um wasn't that long ago, like um, they made a seven-strings office. Right, okay. And they were saying, like, this is going to be on the new album. It's just just nothing. Just this hype machine that just keeps rolling. Yeah. Everyone's just going, oh, yeah, I can't wait, can't wait. No. Nah. Maybe next year. Maybe the year after. Oh, yeah. I don't think he'll ever nah. come back, eh? I think he's just working at BMW and just, just doing his making thing. Making some money, probably. I'm pretty sure I saw them live um, oh, 10 odd years ago. I'm pretty sure they came out here on a Summer Slaughter tour. Did they? Yeah, with, um, well, it might be like Dying Fetus or some bands like wow. that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. played the Manning Bar in Sydney. Sweet. I'm pretty sure I could I could have that wrong, but I'm, I remember I remember him up the front, sort of just. Did he have long t- hair or short? Uh, I think short. Yeah, he had yeah. short hair for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I was right into them for a long time. Yeah. The drummer had a purple shirt on. I seen it on YouTube, and I just thought <laughs> that was so cool. Like everyone was in. You know, against the grain. Yeah, I'm into playing playing blast beats and. You know, he's got this purple shirt on. Yeah. And the singer's singing death metal with fucking short hair. It was just... I love it. Very different, yeah. but Love it. Oh, great band. But anyway, so you started playing bass because you... 
couldn't just get trying into to get a, a, just trying to get in a band, just yeah, trying to yeah. get a foot in. Yeah. And then, so how did you hook up with Dungeon to do the final chapter? Yeah. So I I knew Tim, um, sort of, sort of, you know. Casually, it sounds like a relationship. It sounds, I'm trying to think of a better way of saying it. Like, this is gonna. Um, but I knew Tim for a few years, and uh, I was still in Brisbane. And the guys had come up to Brisbane and played a few times. And I knew they were going to Europe to to do a tour. And I was planning to go to Europe anyway that year, just for the summer festivals and just drink beer, you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember having a conversation with the guys. I said, "Oh, you know, can I tag along with you guys? I'll, I'll carry some." guitars and some stuff you know if you need help and they're like oh okay and they were a little bit reluctant because every time they saw me in brisbane i was tanked i was always on the beers and just you know i love you guys you know so they're like oh is this gonna be a good idea to get this guy to come along and so anyway they luckily they said yes and so i went uh to europe with them and they end up doing a tour with megadeth through through europe yeah so i end up doing the lights for them um so yeah, they're on stage and I'm smashing <laughs> buttons with a beer, like <laughs> chugging beers. And uh, an amazing experience. And it wasn't until towards the end of, because it was eight weeks in Europe and Japan. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just, amazing experience. And towards the end, uh, there's a little bit of tension within the band. And I remember a conversation, I don't know where we were, but um, Tim and Stu in the, in the band at the time said to me, oh, would, would you join Dungeon? And I'm just sitting there going, because we're in the back of a taxi or something. And I go, oh, maybe. I guess I'd probably have to move to Sydney then, wouldn't I? And they're like, well, you probably would. And I'm like, oh, okay. So anyway, forgot about that. And just went, I don't know where we we're going, but we, beers, beers commenced after that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sort of it popped up a couple of times before we went home, but I really, it wasn't until I got home. And then I think uh, Tim might have sent me an email and sort of gave me a bit of a rundown and said, look, basically the guys who are in the band, apart from Tim, the actress, and the other guys were going to move on. And we we're gonna, he goes, I'm just going to stop. The name Dungeon and change it to Lord, and I want to do a fresh start. So, I'm yeah, like, okay, yeah. Is, would you be interested? And I'm like, okay, all right. So, yeah. um, I'd only just started picking up bass several months earlier and thought, okay, I need to learn these damn songs and try yeah. and work out how, how it works. And how'd you go about that? Oh, uh, so Tim luckily had some stuff where because he's you know, he's a tech whiz, so he's got all the the initial, um, what do you call them? Um, there's a word, uh, He's got, he's got all the, the tracks anyway. There's okay. a word for him. I can't remember. But um, so he had all the, the mix downs of just bass in a lot yeah, of the recordings. Yeah. So he just sent them all through to me. He goes, oh, I'll just listen it. to it. So, and for yeah. me, I'd always been by, by the ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just sat there and painstakingly just went through and just learnt these songs. And I got used to listening to Dungeon songs that just had bass in them. Like, I, like so now I listen to the song with the full band. I'm going, oh, it sounds weird. Like, I'm just yeah, used yeah, to yeah, it. I was yeah, like, yeah. why am I hearing <laughs> an annoying vocalist yeah. in there? Like, I'm, I'm used to just silence, drums and drums <laughs> yeah. and bass. So, uh, yeah, I had to go through everything. And then I remember coming down at the end of uh, 05 um, to Sydney and also down to Melbourne and just hung out with them a bit. And there was one point where I was going to get up and play a song with them, but it didn't happen. So it was kind of weird because I was like, all pumped for it yeah, yeah. and uh but yeah um everyone said yes and i quit my job and got into my car i had a mate drive down with me from brisbane to sydney and Beautiful. just started fresh and i i said to everyone before i left i go probably going to be back in about three months hey like yeah. i just i don't know I, I, it was literally the first time i lived out of home as well like everything yeah. was a first oh, wow. so yeah. i was ready just to i was it's just huge. diving in yeah. hey? and so yeah. i just I'm like saying goodbye, everyone saying, oh, I'll see you in a few months. Like, I'm sure this is not going to work out. And well, I'm here I am. Like, that was, yeah, that was 05, still. 06, wow. beginning January 06, and we're 2021 now. So, wow, what a story! Crazy, yeah, yeah. So, how long did it take you to learn the songs? Do you, do you think? 
so I think so it was June, July in 05, um, and I was pretty much ready to go more than most likely by, oh, I don't know, October, November that same year. But that was me sort of not really knowing whether this is going to be a thing or not, and yeah, yeah. talking about. So I wasn't sort of like really getting deep, into it. No, yeah. I was sort of like, oh, pick it up and just yeah. play. So I might have been able to do it quicker, but um, it, I think the time actually helped me because it sort of gave me, I kept going back to it and listening to it different ways. And I think I it was a bit of a crash course in learning how to play better because up until that point I'd sort of, I was lazy with a lot of the things that I did. Yeah. And just out of necessity, I realized that, oh shit, I have to actually do a yeah, little bit yeah. more now. So it, it worked out well having a little bit of extra time up my sleeve. Did you ever have lessons for technique uh, or anything like that? Not really. I, th- I had some guitar lessons in high school. Uh, so I had a, actually speaking of Malmsteen, I had a, a classical and, a, and classical yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I had a classical guitar teacher, this guy who looked a bit like Fabio and he had like, <laughs> almost like a pirate shirt with his long flowing hair. <laughs> and he, he was just obsessed with classical music and he's like me and another mate and we had like Metallica t-shirts, you know, just yeah. rough as guts. So I just wanted to play like you know, puppets or whatever. Yeah. And he just wanted to teach us just classical and, and total theory. And yeah. so the only sort of thing to bridge the worlds was he loved Malmsteen. Uh, and I'm oh, like, okay, all right. Yeah. So I remember yeah, learning we like, can talk. I'm yeah. a Viking or whatever, oh, nice. but, but totally like slowed down. So instead of like, it was like, and so I learned some basic, basic theory and a little bit of sort of noodling. But when I was a kid, I also learned trumpet of all things. And so I learned some music theory there. So whether that's actually helped a lot, I don't know, but it was really only until I joined Lord and just working with Tim in the studio and that guy, borderline making me cry and like recording process and things like that because yeah. what I thought it's was good, good enough yeah. is like you can do it better or is it now that shit and I'm like no one's ever told me what I played <laughs> shit before oh I can't handle this oh. and, and he's like but he, he quickly realised that he's just got no filter he'll just say it as it is but he'll say I know you can do better that's mm. why I'm saying it's shit and I'm like okay let's try it again yeah so yeah a bit of trial by fire but um, a lot of it's just yeah self-taught and just being around better people, which has yeah, been yeah. huge. For yeah, me. yeah, you kind of rise to the occasion then. Yeah, I have like, to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to um, uh, Billy. I was um, yeah, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Well, uh, Butch Fig was there there on the Gish album. He was the producer, and his, he had a good band around him and uh, James Ehar and stuff like that. But Butch Fig said, "No, nah, we can't fuck around with any of those guys," and they just had to sit in the corner and and. Billy Corgan played the bass, all the rhythm guitar, all the leads, well, fucking everything apart from the drums because these guys wow. just went up to scratch and he goes, look, we can fucking waste a week here fucking around with you guys and you're just not up to it, man. So well, we, We've been like that in our band as well over, yeah, yeah. over the years. Like Sometimes, whether it be availability or even just skill set, um, yeah. we will always say whatever the best tool is for the job and remove the ego. Fucking and if mate, it means yeah. like... Basically, we want the best possible thing out there. Yeah. And sometimes someone can get in there and just do a better job. Sometimes, mm. like, Mark, our other guitarist, will record all the rhythms for a particular track because, you know, he, he might have written the song or he has a bit of a natural, more of a natural feel for a particular type of playing. Sometimes Tim will get in there and play some bass. You know, it'll, it'll depend yeah. on the circumstances yeah. and where we are and what's going on. Yeah. But ultimately, we want it to be the best possible thing it can. And who, who gives a who shit? Gives a shit? Yeah. yeah, that's right, because it's not live. Live's no. where the action is, that's isn't it? it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, for sure. That's why there's session musicians, isn't it? That's right. Oh, do it yeah. One take. There you go. Thanks, oh, mate. Yeah. I, I like. I'm just. I'm envious of them because I'd love to be that professional. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just not that professional. But I know some great guys who just. Yeah, they'll, they'll walk in. They'll go. What are we doing today? 
And I'm like, what do you mean, what are we doing today? Like, shouldn't you already know? And they're like, well, where's the sheet? And he's like, okay, yep, all right. I can see the tempo. I can see exactly yeah, what needs. Yeah, yeah. And they'll play it a couple of times and they're like, yeah, that's good. All right, done. Pack away. Off they go. Yeah. That's next level. That's a job, isn't it? Like that's some yeah. of those really total full time, total 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 pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the um, Megadeth tour that you were, would you say roadian or just yeah, just, yeah. I, I call myself a beer roadie. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. What um, lineup was that for Megadeth? Uh, so that was um, that was the System Has Failed tour. So that was um, James McDowell or whatever his name was, who used to play in Ice Earth on bass. Yeah, um, and then the Driver Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So they came through Australia, I think, at the beginning. Well, when was that? It was earlier in 05, and Dungeon supported them uh, on that run in Australia. And then towards the end of the tour, David actually said, I like you guys. Would Mad. you be keen? And, yeah. and they were actually planning to go to Europe anyway. And so just the stars aligned, and they went, okay, this <laughs> is going to awesome. happen. Yeah. And in Dave's book, um, whatever one, not the last one he did, but one of his autobiographies, he actually mentions Dungeon in one of the chapters about, but just a throwaway comment saying, yeah. oh, we toured, we toured Europe in 2005 with Dungeon. And that's like, cool. That's, like, that's good enough. That's, that's good that's, enough. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah, but he, he was a big fan of the band. Um, towards the end of that tour, uh, yeah, he was having conversations with us and management about going on, I don't know, was, I think it was the second Gigantour. Oh, yeah. And so Shit. there was an opening spot on that in throughout the US. And but it was something where we had to make a decision really, really quickly, and it was mega bucks, visas, or everything like that, and yeah. um, and it just didn't happen. But um, there was a point there where it could have really, really exploded for the band, and just uh, like anything, just things just don't quite happen. Yeah, anyway. yeah. But there was there was a couple of moments there where Dave's like, we're standing there, and Dave's just talking to us, and he's talking about these things, and we're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing? Like, yeah, yeah. what's going on? This is crazy. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. that would be wild. Yeah, it's not like he's a struggling though. Like, no, he's, oh, no, have a decent following and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so lucky. Good. We're yeah. so lucky. I mean, just to have to have the legacy of being around for so many years is a massive help. And I think just the fact that we can keep putting music out and people enjoy it is just it's mad. Just like, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's great. What What about um, Megadeth these days? Do you listen to them still? Or I do. Um, they are they are my all time favorite metal band. Okay, yeah. Um, especially if you're you know, Metallica Megadeth debate. Yeah, I'm always a Metallica. Oh, guy. I'm always a Megadeth guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do love both. And yeah. um, but the last, I think the last album they did was was not, wasn't too bad. But there's a couple beforehand was like mm, a bit sort of hit and miss. There's yeah, some, some songs are a bit sort of system of, has failed. I didn't really get into. But yeah. when Broderick joined yeah. i was back into him for a yeah. bit but i don't know now i listen to broderick and it it sounds like he just knows too much like he doesn't it's too technical well, they've got, yeah they've like got he doesn't guy in now um kiko from yeah angra and yeah. so he's like a technical guy so yeah it's very very different again yeah, yeah kiko's pretty good yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy guitarist yeah, it's yeah. just like god oh, who's the best guitarist right now we'll just get them yeah like, yeah it must be good to be that, have that sort of power yeah yeah but, it's a tough thing to best guitar, I say, because I, I dig all that shit, but I'm, I'm still, I'm like a 1980s Ozzy Osbourne, Jakey Lee, fucking Randy yeah. Rhodes thing. Like, I, I had fucking. You need the feel. Yeah, yeah. You I had, um, Randy Rhodes of what, I uh, was it? Flying High Again from, um, Blizzard of Oz. Yep. And fucking Bunnings the other day. Really? I was in Bunnings, eight o'clock in the morning or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck's this? Fucking Randy's shredding. Well, I suppose it's not shredding cool, now. Though. It's probably slow. No, but, yeah. you know, but all that, the oldies walking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking hitting the shit out of your strings, and yes, so this is such a. 
a wide kaleidoscope, the metal world. Yeah. And it's, it's a lovely family, though. I don't think people realise that, that aren't into metal, just how, um, how much of a family it is. You go to a metal show and people are headbanging and shit, but everyone loves each other. It's fucking great. Nice. So, mm. Yeah, so, you know, like it's, there's no issues. Like, I used to go to the Oxford here and the metal bands. You oh, played yeah. there and shit, you know? And there's never any issues. They didn't need security on or some shit. The only, the only issues you'd have at the Ox was the glass house across the road. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, and, and the two worlds coming together and you'd be sort of in the beer garden where the bars are and everyone's sort of like throwing arms <laughs> through the bars trying to like throw a punch or, or bottles flying over. Yeah, that's you know? right. It wasn't and that. Exactly. It was just the clash of the worlds. But yeah. inside, like, yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah, all unified. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What was, uh, so you played with me. Did you play in the band with Megadeth at all? No, you were just roadie then? I was roadieing then, yep. but uh, we ended up playing again with Megadeth in oh, 2017, I think. Um, it was only a few years ago. We played a festival in Jakarta called Hammersonic. And they oh, had awesome. awesome. Yeah. And so that was pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, yeah just... Um, just awesome to, to share a stage and just be on the same bill. Like we were a little bit further down, but it was, it was cool. It's like, yep, still technically <laughs> yeah, still technically we together, played yeah. with them. But um, it was, it was also good because, you know, Dave recognized us. At the, we were at the airport, Jakarta airport and they're walking past. He's like, Hey boys. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and their guitar tech who'd been with them for, for years, you know, we always stayed in contact. Like their road crew was amazing. And um, a lot of those guys stayed in contact with us for quite a few years. And one guy in particular, Willie G, who's, also done guitar tech work for uh, Slayer, Anthrax, Nevermore, wow. King Diamond, like all these guys, and he is like one of the most popular guitar techs of you know, yeah, yeah. the guitar tech sort of world. Yeah. But um, he's amazing and a great friend of ours now. And so That's I've had cool. him like on my podcast and oh, go back and forth. Sweet. He always buys our stuff when we release new albums. He's putting an order in as well and. And so, yeah, we bump into each other in Jakarta of all places and he's just like telling me his stories and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I've got to go on tour with Slayer, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. That's mad. So how, like with um, Nevermore, yep. where, did, where did you tour with them? Were they, it, uh, was that in Australia? Uh, we did, we only did one show with Nevermore and that was the last time they came out in 2006. So they played the Gaelic Club and uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. I think that was the Godless Endeavour tour. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, last time they ever came out, so it was good. At least we got to play one show with them because I'm a big big fan. Yeah, it's all over. Yep, unfortunately. But um, uh, do you like Arch Enemy much? I don't mind them. Yeah, Yeah, don't mind. Loomis is filled in that spot. Yeah, yeah. He's got got a home now. Yeah, I like the old guitarist Chris a bit better. Yeah. that's just my taste. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys did. Um, so you going to, you went to Jakarta. You guys have done world tours and, and stuff like that. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, because you've done Europe, you've done the states. Uh, we have played in the states. We haven't really done a tour as such, okay, but we did yeah. play uh, the Prog Power Festival in Atlanta, um, which we ended up doing a live album for yeah. as well. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So. That was a few years ago, and I mean that was wild. That was absolutely insane, and and that festival is quite unique. That's a four day festival, and it's a total like it's it's like the Comic Con of like metal. It's just is a bunch really? of nerds and just yeah, like yeah. obsessive music like enthusiasts who just all hang out and have fun for four days. And it's such a it's a big family vibe there, and um, a great setup. They've been going for like twenty plus years, yeah. and so part of what they do is that in some with some festivals you'll have the early bands. And they might only play like 15, 20 minutes. And then you've got your headliners who'll play like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. But at this festival, every hour, every band, whether you're the, at the first band on, the last band on, you, you're having at least an hour. So awesome. Proper, yeah. proper showcase. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and they also offer filming and recording services oh, as well. That's how you got it done. And yeah, you, pay, yeah. you can pay a little bit more depending on what you want. Um, yeah. But it was all in house, and so they just said, "Look, it's already here, so you don't have to pay to go and bring in production." Yeah, yeah. And so we just went throw the money down. Let's pay. Let's pay for it. And um, we thought, we'd, who knows if we'll ever get back to the US? So let's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Get this. And uh, we were just we we're so lucky. It was such a great show, great crowd. Um, I went the previous year as just a fan. Started doing a bit of networking, and so by the time we came back the following year, I had all these friends in the front row, and yeah. I'm like, going, "Oh, I remember you! I remember you!" And they're like knowing the words and everything. I'm like, "Oh, this is so good! This is so good!" That's so, cool. Yeah. So we have we have done. I reckon, I guess if you combine everything over the years, we've done world a world tour. Of yeah. Some okay. Sort. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always a case of we'll go here for a bit, we'll go there for a bit. So we've we've hit a lot of places. Japan's probably the big the big place for us where we've toured there about six or seven times over the years. Yeah. Um, that's always been a really strong, strong place for us. Big into metal. I, I, I didn't know that. The only thing I know about Jap- Japan and metal really is the uh, what the Anvil documentary. Oh yeah, they yeah. seem to yeah. love it over there. Was yeah. it kind of like that? You know, yeah, a little bit like that. No, I mean, they've. I think their history is around um, the, the Budokan, which is like their their famous rock. Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. Ozzy played there. Yeah, 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 and um, and I think they just. I think from the seventies when the seventies sort of. Broke, and I think they sort of had a lot more Western music coming through. I think they just became obsessed with it. So a lot of like Deep Purple and Rainbow and all that sort of yeah. stuff, Scorpions, and and I think it sort of progressed from there. And so yeah, they're, they're just massive metal fans, mm. huge. And and it's such a novelty because I think all of us. I mean, I'm a Queenslander. I'm like the biggest bogan out there. So here's like this bogan walking through, you know, Tokyo or whatever, and these people walking up to you and just going, oh, can I get a photo? Can I get an autograph? Shit, or awesome. they recognise us. They run into a shop to go and buy our CD, well, you know, just, come back out to go and get it signed. That's cool. And and then people, the following like tour that we come back, those same people are coming to the shows and they're bringing photos from the first tour together in like a little photo album t- for us to take home with like a little gift of like a pair of socks and like just weird <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> it's so socks. weird. And, but it's like their so way great. of just yeah. showing their affection for a band. And I'm like, and I'm just like, I've got a beer going. <laughs> and I just, but it's such a, it was such a weird thing yeah. because they're just ultra polite, totally respectful. Yeah. They remember everything as well. So it's all about loyalty and yeah. making sure that if something happens, they'll, they'll, they'll keep a note of it and make sure that's acknowledged in the future as well. So, yeah, yeah. so and something that I think a lot of us in Australian culture, were just like, nah, yeah. we just don't do that. No, nah, I think it's the Western general. Our memories yeah. aren't very good. No. <laughs> you know, what what was the um, reaction at the Japanese crowd? Yeah, well, because did I've they seen... jump around and stuff. Yeah, or? it's it's definitely different. It's really different. So what we found is um, when you're playing, like I think it depends on the show and the and the day of the week. Because I think on the weekends, like they'll come out any any night of the week. Yeah, like they're really good like that. Yeah, weekends I think they can get on get on the juice a bit more, so they're a little bit more rowdy. Yeah, but regardless, in between songs dead silent like yeah. you can hear a pin drop and oh. and so we we thought oh man they must hate us but what we found out is that they don't want to make any noise because they're waiting for us to talk to them and they want to be respectful and not make like not distract yeah, or anything yeah, like okay. that instead yeah. of like you know here you want the crowd ah, yeah. yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. showing things on stage and heckling or whatever yeah and so <laughs> we're trying to talk to them and I'm just saying, oh, hey, guys, thanks so much for coming out, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, like not understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And so failed the first couple of times. And then eventually I was talking to someone and they're like, 
just yell, like scream stuff, like think rock star sort of stuff. So eventually we were getting up to the mic and I'd learn a few Japanese words. So I'd say some stuff and they're like, oh, very good, very good. You know? yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, take care. And they'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's how you do it then. And so yeah, it just yeah, became, yeah. and I felt like such a wanker because you wouldn't do it here. You go, Sydney. And they'd be like, you know, yeah, come yeah. on, get out, mate, get out. But you had to really sort of turn it up over there. So, yeah, that's yeah, great. But very, very different. It's just a different culture, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So that's your favourite place to play, then? Yeah, I think Japan. so. I think I think from a crowd point of view, um, it's probably. I mean, I think playing at home is always good. I think yeah. I think the mixture of people getting rowdy and a bit loose and that sort of energy is is I think the intoxicating part of it, like sort of getting on stage and just looking at the crowd and just going, oh my God, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Crazy. chaos. Um, but Japan, I think just the uniqueness of the country and just everything sort of contextualized into that experience and getting on stage and playing, going, I'm I'm playing in Osaka, I'm playing in Nagoya, I'm playing in Hiroshima, I'm playing in Tokyo and just looking out and seeing people that I normally would never see at shows. And like a lot of these guys, if you're playing like on a Wednesday night, you know, the show started at like 5 p.m., and the front row are guys in white business shirts with black ties because they've wow. literally come from work. Yes. And like for us, like if I was working yeah. in an office, I'd be ripping that off and chucking my metal T-shirt on because I don't want to see anyone in my corporate gear or anything <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they just rock up. They've got, they put their bags down in front of the barricade or whatever and they're just they're there. You know, I'm like, going, <laughs> it's, like my dad, it's like my dad just rocked up to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So from a novelty point of view, Japan, just you can't be beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. They've got some good um, guitars and probably basses over there as well. There's a yeah. famous little town or something that's all full of guitars. Well, there's, there's a section in Tokyo called um, Chanamazoo, and it's like the guitar district. So yeah. in Tokyo, you've got um, a lot of different districts with different types of things. So you've got like the sort of the games and technology sort of district, um, Akihabara, I think, something like that. Anyway, so like yeah, all your console games and oh, arcade yeah, machines, yeah, everything's yep. there. So you go there for all the tech stuff, the crazy stuff. But they've got a guitar and a music district and you basically walk down the street and there's like 40-odd guitar stores just wow. lined up next to each other. Fuck and no. you've got everything from brand new stuff to secondhand. And the secondhand stuff for them, like you might get the tiniest nick of the paint and they go, nah, don't want it. So yeah. so it's sitting on, on a rack, it's secondhand, it's completely cheap. Like it's just, you would never, like you'd pay at least double back home for, wow. for a secondhand guitar. Yeah. So we'd be walking down going, oh my God. So eventually got to a point where we would go over there, we'd buy guitars, break them down. We'd only get bolt-ons. So we'd, we'd break down the guitars, pack them up, give them to our mate who's Japanese, and then he would ship them home over time to us. Oh, we pay, yeah. and it would still work out cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I think the first time I went over, I bought I bought two two bass guitars. Oh, I think I might have bought another guitar. I definitely bought two, and I brought them home with me yeah. um, and just hoping that you know customs wouldn't go, what are these? But luckily mm. they were so they weren't beaten up, but you could see that they were used. So I just yeah. sort of said, oh, they're my guitars, you know, and they went, oh, okay, no worries. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's insane over there. And like even... I gotta go. Even secondhand music, so CDs and vinyl and things like that, it's still, yeah. like, it's still valued over there. Um, and they've got amazing music stores, like just like dedicated hard rock metal ones. Like they've got a, a chain called Disc Union. And so they've got stores, so at least it's all over Japan, but in Tokyo alone... They've got, say, 15 stores across the Tokyo metro area. And so you've got a hard rock metal store. You've got a jazz one. You've got a blues one. Wow. Yeah. And you'll just, you can just, like, it's not just one store where you've got the sections. Yeah, you've yeah. got a, a complete store dedicated wow. to a genre of music. And so the metal one, which is in Achanamazu in the, in the guitar district, well, there's a couple of them actually, but 
that one in particular, it's like four levels in this tiny little, like it's one doorway. Yeah. And so you walk past and there's like a little thing that says heavy metal and like, oh, cool. <laughs> so you walk up this, this tiny little sort of staircase and it's four levels and it's like power metal, hard rock, and then extreme metal. <laughs> and then at the top is like just like secondhand used stuff. Yeah. And you could spend the whole day in there. It's just incredible. You're walking out with just bags of settings. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in like my hotel room, taking all the jewel cases out and trying to wrap them up to just remove the cases to try and pack everything down because it just yeah. couldn't get enough. Wow. Amazing. Tell us about your record collection. Oh, I've got a few. How many do you have? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know these days because I, I sell a lot, so I do a lot of trading uh. and selling. But um, I don't know. I think I've probably had about three or 400 records. and I mean, CDs are probably... Four, four, five thousand, or something like Fuck that. Fucking so, yeah, hell, man, yeah, that's a yeah. lot. But I think that's a big thing, like metal and and stuff yeah. like that. Is you become obsessed in the collecting aspect of it, and so yeah. I've always loved picking up things in my travels and going to weird stores. I'd be in Germany, and they'd be like, "I'm seeing stuff that you never could get at home," mm. and just going, "I need to get that. I need to get that," and just coming home with bags of CDs and records, and just eventually you go, "Oh shit, I need more shelves, or I need yeah, another yeah. room to go and house all this stuff in." Fuck. So yeah, now it's all on your phone. Oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, definitely Spotify and all that stuff now. Well, I think it's, it's still uh, a good idea, a real good idea to have the hard copy. Yeah, it is. You know, like, because you've got to pay for everything else. Yeah, you know, Spotify's not free. You no, know, you no, don't own not. the shit and that. So that's if you have, actually have a CD, and a CD is so much better quality anyway. You well, know. the other thing I'd notice is that a lot of artists on, so Spotify, for example, but any streaming service is that whenever they want, they can actually remove the album. So yeah, yeah. what I've found is that some of the older albums, what artists are doing is that they're removing, so to say an album was released in 1989, they will remove that so it's no longer available. So you search for it and go, where is it? It's gone. And then what they're planning to do is actually re-release it as a new version now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they'll, they'll pull the old one. And so now you'll only get to listen to the new one, which might be remastered and yeah, in some yeah. parts re-recorded. Mm. So you're not even listening to the original anymore and yeah. you don't have access to the original anymore. That sucks. So Megadeth's a good, good example of that. So all the original recordings aren't online anymore. It's all the remasters from 2004. And then they've done some a new remasters since then. And they don't sound anything like the originals. Yeah. No. Like oh. Dave went back in the studio and, and changed like some of the backing vocals and increased the volume. And um, I think he added some extra guitar parts in places. Yeah, he wanted it's a bit to, thin in some He wanted things. to listen to it how he like he wanted it to sound how he wanted it originally yeah. to be, which I can appreciate. But um, but no. for anybody who's listened to the originals, that's that's what you know. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's how it was recorded. That's, that's what it. you get. So for me, like my Megadeth CDs, like the original ones, I won't get rid of them because. I may never get yeah, to hear the originals right. again. So it's it's good it's good to keep some of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What's your um base setup now? Like what amp, what are you plugging yeah. into? Yeah. Uh, so I've so we're all endorsed by ESP. Oh, yeah. And we're lucky enough to get signature guitars a few years ago. I don't even know how many years ago yeah. now. So we've all got like really wanky, like mine's like the A D four, Andy Dowling four. Yeah, yeah. Which is like just mad. Like it's crazy. Like how the hell did I get a signature guitar? <laughs> yeah. uh, but we've all got one, uh Mark Tim and myself. And uh, and so really from a rig point of view, I've got a Gallion, Gallion Kruger. I can never say that properly. Tiny little M B two hundred, I think. It's a tiny little amp that's like just wow. like a larger hard drive. And basically okay. we bought old hard drive Velcro clip sort of pack, um, just a little Velcro pouches, and we just chuck it in there, and then it's in our backpack, and that's that's our entire rig. And I'll have I've also got a, like a Line Six pod that I'll run through, and really, I mean, I'm just using that for like I've got a really basic tone, which I could potentially get out of 
the amp itself, but I've just been so used to using the pod. Yeah. And the pod's got a tuner attached to it as well. Yeah, cool. That's it. That's it. That is so easy. That's it. <laughs> That's and, great. And I'm actually considering, like, I know a lot of bass players go, oh, don't do it, mate. But I'm actually considering just buggering it all off and just getting, like, a little Sans amp and that's it. Because, honestly, I don't need anything else. And I won't get Tim and Mark's rigs correct, but they use the same head. as So we all use bass heads, these tiny little things. And Tim's got this weird thing. Oh, he's going to be cringing if he watches this because he'd be like, oh, Andy, like, you're stuffing this up. But he's got this, <laughs> he's got this little pedal board. I can't remember what it's called, but it's all Bluetooth to his phone. And okay. so all of his patches are within his phone and it's wow. all just – and so basically he's got a, sec- cool. a separate phone. He sits it on top next to his amp and he's got his little pedal board and that's it. It's his entire rig. It's all, cool. all programmed through his phone now. Fuck. It's just ridiculous. Technology. So when we go on tour, it's literally our backpacks. I mean, obviously we've got extra extra gear like and guitars, stuff. guitars, yeah. Yeah, course. but yeah. Um, yeah, there's no heads or anything like that. Um, as long as – the only thing we ask at gigs is that we just get a clean – channel yep um bass heads perfect if you've got three bass heads great but if not we just need clean channels so everyone usually gives you the old marshall stacks yeah and they never have a pure clean tone there's no, always no. a big grit it's the worst because it just throws everyone's sounds out mm. so uh, we always say just give us give us a, a head with a really really clear clean tone uh clean yep. sort of channel and then we can uh, we can plug in from there but uh yeah so the drummer's lean. the only one that's got a car to heap of shit yeah he's got to carry his bloody cymbals and pedals and stuff like that we're like yeah you're on your own yeah, mate. yeah i'll tell you one bag yeah <laughs> Fuck, that's cool so what do you do for like your pre-show warm-up do you yeah i think a few beers you don't yeah. have like <laughs> go through the C there's scale. Fi- there's the- a, nah, there's a, it, like probably should. Yeah, there's a fine line with the beers. So I've got to be really it, careful. It is. I found out with podcasting and beers. Oh as yeah, well. I've done that too. I yeah. think three beers yeah. is a, about right. But yeah. yeah, then then you sort of just yeah yeah um, yeah. Look, I when when I've been focused and taking it a little bit more seriously because you know sometimes the shows change as far as your, your level of focus and and for me also like. I'm all also like doing merch. I'm doing everything else. I'm running yeah, around. Right. So yeah. for me, I'm like, oh, that's right. I could play the damn show as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but if I do have time, I'll just I'll just run through like the set or parts of the set, or in particular parts of songs where I, I'll just notoriously just get something in my head where I'll continuously press the wrong bloody frets and go, oh, why am I keep doing that? Why am I yeah, why are my yeah. fingers fingers doing that? So I'll run through that stuff beforehand, but uh, not a lot of scale work or anything like that. But a lot of the time, like there has been a lot of times which I shouldn't do, but I'm literally like running backstage. I've got a beer in one hand. I'm just ripping the thing open, chucking it on, making sure everything's plugged in, batteries are in. Yep, excellent. Okay, let's go out. And beer down, let's play. You know, and, and sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes... Yeah, it, it, t- it takes a few, it takes a few songs to get to get into the rhythm. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I've got to actually play. Yeah, the bass player is funny because oh, I used to watch his band. Um, they toured a little bit around Wollongong and that, and the bass player never plugged in because yeah. he was always too drunk yeah. and he'd fuck up. But he looked the part. He, he had like long ass hair and he could windmill like crazy. So they were just like, we don't even turn his amp on. <laughs> I love it. That's such a bass player thing, isn't it? Yeah, like just, it, it just fits the stereotype of a bass player. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you couldn't hear it anyway. So I love it. I yeah. love it. did that to Sid Vicious, didn't they? Sex Pistols. Yeah, they had a bass player out the back, and he thought he was playing, and they had someone actually <laughs> oh, play all their that's shit. That's so funny. Yeah. I've got I've got one story years and years ago. Um, it'd be close to ten years ago, and we were playing up in Brisbane, and so hometown. I got up there earlier, and. I think I must have got up there the day before and the other guys were flying in the day of the show. And so I got to the venue early and there was a few mates there. And so I had a lot of the gear. So I started setting up the merch and all my stuff and 
was sorted. But it was about 2 p.m. in the afternoon, like waiting for sound check. And so looked around and the bar had like, you know, $10 jugs or whatever. I'm like, oh, sweet. Had a few mates there. So we're sinking back some beers. And by the time the guys rocked up, I was pretty, I was pretty happy. And so anyway, the night sort of rolls in and we're headlining. So we're playing like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So Shit, by that stage, yeah, yeah. and I've got, it's, it's a homecoming. I've got all my mates there. Yeah. Great support bands. Mates of ours have been touring with us that, that particular tour and just total party vibe. Great crowd. Ex- everything's just working. Merch is selling, just happy. So I'm just celebrating, you know, just forgetting I've got to play. <laughs> and so we're getting closer to the, the band before us finishes up. And so, okay, cool. And luckily I'm all set up. And so I grab my bass, everything's good to go. And so I go, all right, well, before we get on, we need to go for a piss. So I walk to the toilet. And for me, like, I'm just like, oh, I've got my bass. So I just swung it around my back. And so I've got it hanging off the back. And so I'm standing <laughs> in, the, in the troughs and I'm just doing my thing. And then I'm hearing, like, music playing. I'm like, oh, they must have just been doing a line check before we start. And then I'm hearing, like, the drums kick in and the guitars kick in. I'm like, they're starting the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? And then, and so in this, and they must have been yelling my name out, going, Where's Andy? Like, come on. I didn't hear that. And so in my head, this is the thought process time slowed down. I panicked, but then time slowed down. I thought, yep. I can't be seen running out of this toilet like I'm panicking and I don't know what's going on. I'm going to slowly finish and I'm just going to strut out. And so I strutted out while still panicking <laughs> on the inside going. Did you still have the bass on yeah, the back? Yeah, the bass is all there. And then I walked up on stage and just put my beard down and just looked around like, oh. and then just waited for the next sort of bar and went, okay, let's start playing. And afterwards they're like, where the fuck were you? I'm like, what the fuck were you guys doing? I was like, I was going for a piss. I told you. Oh, sorry. That's and, awesome. And there's a, there's a shot, and every once in a while I'll rotate my profile pictures on Facebook, but there's a photo <laughs> towards the end of that set. We got some of the guys to get up and we did a Maiden cover. I think we played the Trooper or something like that. Oh, yeah. And we swapped instruments and I think I think I gave one of the guys from the other band my guitar and – there's a photo where Mark is pouring a jug of beer over my head as I'm lying back on the stage <laughs> and my face is just covered in beer and just this action shot of beer just dripping down. It just looks so gross. And I thought that that just that just encapsulates encapsulates the whole night right there. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. messy, messy. So I try not to do that stuff anymore. It sounds pretty fun though. It's, uh, look, makes a good story. Yeah, yeah it yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> So, You're yeah. still in the band. Which yeah, well, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, look, there's been, some, there's been some touch and go moments over the <laughs> yeah. years, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about stories, uh, you've been uh, podcasting for how long now? Yeah, a while. Uh, 260? 284. Yeah. As of this morning, I put another one out. So, well yeah, done. chugging away, but five and a half years of doing it. So, yeah, it's, it's weird now. I didn't expect it to last this long. Like anything, I sort of think, oh, well, this might last a few months and I'll give up on it. <laughs> yeah. But I've managed to stick with it and uh, it's become a weird part of my life. And it's, I think it's just going to be permanently there moving forward, I think. Yeah, it's, that's it's, great. It's fun, yeah. Because you've got – so it's Andy Social that's been going for the, the five years? Yep, yep, all the way through. I've done a couple of other different types of shows along the, along the way just to dabble in a few different topics. But yeah. um, Andy Social's been there from, from day dot. And it's my main main go-to. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, getting closer to the 300 episode. Fuck. And uh, I don't know who I'm going to put on there. but uh, we'll, Something special? Well, I hope so. Well, <laughs> a bit of pressure now. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been – I mean, I'm sure you guys get the same sort of kick when you get to yeah, talk to people, great. have a convo. Yeah, meet new people. Yeah. Is, is it metal-based mainly or you, you cover everything? Uh, a bit of everything, yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to – I think metal's my sort of security blanket in a way. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I know those people, it's easy. And especially sometimes I'm 
I'm distracted with other stuff. And so I'm like, oh, who can I get on? And so I'll go to all my mates and I'll go, come on, let's, let's just talk metal for an hour and it works. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've had like, had people work in the science fields, um, actors and bloody documentary filmmakers. And uh, like I had Tony Barber, you know, Sal Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, lots lot of authors and comedians, and so anyone I find it's, it's a interesting, great, great way on. of meeting people, though, isn't it? Because you'd never have a reason to really talk to them unless yeah. you invite them on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people, especially like, so I've had like astrophysicists and mathematicians and oh, things like that. Yeah, and yeah. so for me, like, I find that stuff fascinating, but it wouldn't be enough for me just to message these people out of the blue and say, "Hey, can I just like." go and grab a coffee with you sometime. And yeah. just, can I just it's ask a you a bunch weird. of dumb questions yeah. for an hour? Yeah. And they're like, I've kind of got some things to do. But instead you go, well, I've got this podcast. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You're so legitimate now. The podcast yeah. is just a front for me to ask dumb questions. <laughs> yeah. So that's all it is. So it's like, you know, like, well, how, how does math work? And they're like, oh, well. And it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah, so, that's um, great. Yeah. It's, it's been good because you never get the opportunity to talk to some of these people. And even like my mates that I've had on the podcast over the years, like one thing that's just, it's kind of sad in a way, but it, the, the great thing is that I've been able to have conversations with people that I never would have normally had those types of conversations yeah, with. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm so you used to seeing deep, these guys, yeah, yeah, like seeing them in the pub or whatever and just yeah, yeah. having a very, not shallow, but just not a lot of substance. You're just talking about the same things over and over again. The more mm. beers you have, the more sort of, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, the same sort of things. Yeah, just stupid talk. Just stupid talk, yeah. yeah. doesn't go anywhere. But. but then you're suddenly talking for an hour or so and then you start to dig deeper and you go, and I'm constantly, and I feel so bad, I'm like, how come I didn't know that about you? And they're like, I oh, mean, I've not, like, you've known me for 15 years. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, but how yeah. did I not know? It's like, it's never come up in conversation. Yeah. So it's I, been I found really that, yeah, with uh, Mark. We did yeah. uh, a podcast with Mark, and yeah, there's things that I never knew about him. I was like, fucking hell. You just, you just don't <laughs> should have known all that. Well, yeah, you kind of think, you go, well, you meant to, like, you know, these people are your mates, you know, you meant yeah. to know a lot about them, but you just don't get to those types of conversations. Yeah, that's that right. Maybe if you went fishing or something, you know, like, you're not going to do it in the. Yeah, I don't do fishing. We don't do fishing in that. <laughs> it's <laughs> the new that. fishing, isn't it? You know? But it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, when we were all younger, where before mobile phones and you had the old landline. Yeah. And so you'd be on the phone to your mate and you got the, like, if you're lucky, you might have had a cordless, like, really yeah, fancy, yeah. but otherwise it's a cord wrapped around the door frame and you're around the corner, like, talking to someone for an hour on the phone. Just talking about shit but yeah. it was like it was a long conversation about yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. was going on and we kind of lost that when we all went into social media land and all that sort of stuff where yeah, everything's sort sure of just messaging and things like messages that. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's just changed so the podcast has sort of been i think that's why it's become so popular with people is that even just to listen to one you're sort of sitting there like you're in the room yeah. listening into a conversation and being part of it and it's it's cool i just don't think people have those conversations anymore no, that's yeah. right. it's, it's great that it's long form as well isn't yeah. it you know because we're all taught that people don't have attention spans now. That's just bollocks. It is. Yeah, you know, it's the people that run TV stations and that they want that because they want to put adverts every five fucking seconds. Yeah. And, you know. Speaking of adverts, yeah. you, um, not that how do you monetize it or anything, but you spend a lot of time and energy doing it. Mm. Do you have ads or how do you, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, this is the ongoing challenge this of, is. of well, finding we're a podcast, the, trying to yeah. work it out. Um, so I've, I've tried to find sponsors and people to sort of run alongside the podcast and try to find a way to monetize it. But it's, um, it's really difficult. I think also in the back of my head, I'm trying to make it as genuine as possible. And That's anytime, the issue, isn't and it? And any yeah. attempt I've tried to do it just kind of comes across as disingenuous. So um, what I've decided to do, which actually has no monetary benefit whatsoever, is that anybody who's been on the podcast before, I always, and I try to remember, I sometimes forget, but I... I offer them a 30-second spot 
where they will advertise whatever the hell they want to advertise. So if they're in a band or they've got their own podcast or whatever, yeah. and they can do a little 30-second ad. And at the beginning of every single episode now, I've got an ad for somebody who's previously been on the podcast. And no no catch whatsoever. Yeah, it's just yeah. a way to, to sort of spread the love and, and give back because they've given me some time from their point. And it sort of helps legitimize the podcast. People hear yeah, people yeah, yeah. doing a little advert at the beginning and they sort of go, oh, that was the guy who was on the podcast. That's kind of cool. Um, and so... Going into a, a monetization perspective, uh, what I started doing last year is I did the I did the Patreon. And, oh, okay, yeah. And it's been really tough. It's it's a <laughs> I thought oh yeah I'll get heaps of people to just sign up and just pay me money. But yeah, yeah. No, it's been like a slow slow burn. Yeah. It's, um, it's been really rewarding. And now you know I get a few hundred bucks a month from a group of legends who just are happy to throw money my way and to say I love what you do and I don't necessarily expect anything in return. Yeah. Um, I have like a Patreon podcast that I do each week on the weekend after a few beers and I just talk shit and yeah, cool. play yeah. a bunch of like 90s TV commercials in between like to <laughs> yeah, break yeah. up the segments and I've got a story time and I, I've got a thing called Planes, Trains and Animobiles where I just find like weird Soviet planes and contraptions and I just read Wikipedia basically. That's all yeah, I do. Yeah. But it's a bunch of dumb dribble. And, yeah. But those people in Patreon, like they, they love it. That's and their dumb dribble. They, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. And so I've got all these in-jokes. I made a bunch of t shirts and so there's this thing that sort of evolves out of that so um that's been my way to sort of roundabout fund yeah. any social without it sort of going oh hey now i've got blue chew or some yeah, sort of yeah, you know yeah. some sort of you know big corporate sort of entity that's yeah. i mean if they approach me maybe i'll probably yeah. consider it you know? <laughs> yeah everyone's got a figure yeah, yeah that's yeah, it yeah. Oh, that's right. definitely <laughs> i mean i'd sell low. in a second yeah <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know i've sold out long before you ever met me yeah, yeah. 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 who's been one of your favorites that you've had on oh man um yeah, there's been there's been heaps. I mean, there's definitely been pinch yourself moments where, like, uh, I had Andrew Farris from InXS. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Had him on twice. Uh, so oh, okay. just recently, I had him on for the second time, and uh, he's got a new album out. Yeah, he just it? came out. Yeah, so he's like his debut um, self titled oh, okay, yeah. album. It's a bit of a country album, but it's it's, it's he's not played too bad. down here. Actually, we might try and get him on. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, he's he's an absolute legend, but. Um, me sitting across from him in person um, and he's telling me stories about NXS and I'm just going, like, <laughs> like once again, like, who am I? Like, what am I doing here playing my little radio show with, like, yeah, radio yeah. games with you know, one of the biggest songwriters of all time? And then his team reached out to me again a, f- well, a few weeks ago and just said, would you be keen to do another one? I'm like, me? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not Channel 9 or, you know, or <laughs> yeah. Channel 10 or whatever. Like, it's just me with my stupid little radio show and, like, okay. So I met up with him again Beautiful. and he remembered who I was and asked me questions about Lord and everything. I'm just going, insane, insane. Yeah. But um, there's been a bunch of people like uh, Rusty Cooley. So, that you know, was a cool episode. Shred Demon guitarist. Yeah. yeah. So there's been people from my childhood that have had yeah. on. So, yeah. yeah really- it was, there was a part where um, you were talking about like um, absorbing information. Yep. And you were talking about like all the books you're reading. And, and I'm going through that at the moment. Like I'm reading a ton of books. And I'm like, how much am I, am I actually absorbing though? And for him, because you just think Rusty Cooley must just soak everything in because he can play a million miles an hour and yep. fucking knows every scale ever written. But he, even he's like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. No, no. Which and, was, and I think that's the cool thing about those conversations is that the mystique of what you think somebody mm. is and then you listen to them and you have that opportunity to do that long-form conversation. Yeah, yeah you start to get beyond just the the very short sort of stock standard answers and then you start to dig in and you go, hang on, you said that. And then they start to dig in further and you go, oh, my God, like 
you are human. Yeah, well, you yeah, are, yeah, you're you're right. not that different to me. I mean, yes, okay, you can play guitar a hell of a lot better than me, but <laughs> yeah. the way that you've approached and the way that you do it is the same that any, anybody yeah. would do, you know, and absorbing information, learning stuff, constantly learning and staying on top of your game. And um, it's just, I think for me, like personally, it's been such a reassurance to talk to these amazing people who I held up very high on, yeah. a, on a pedestal and just thought that there were, like there was no way that I could be in the same conversation with them, but yeah. then listening to them and going, they're just people that got lucky. I mean, yes, they put in a lot of time and effort into what they did and they're amazing what they mm. do, but they've come from the same beginnings as all of us. Yeah, it's yeah, just that's that right. they've made decisions that have worked out. Good. And they might have been in different soil as well. I dare that's say right. he was over in LA or something like that. Where that's it. Time and place. Time and place, man. Yeah. You know? And I think well, the, the good ones realise it is all luck. It is. You know, yeah, like, the, the, like the Beatles were... From fucking Port Kembla, maybe they wouldn't have gotten famous, you know? Like, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so, yeah, Port Kembla. There's probably yeah. a Beatles in Port Kembla that we need to go hunt down. Yeah. But, but like anyway. he said about sh- playing shred guitar, it was just a, a thing on a blender. Like, yeah. there was no shred guitar. Yeah, that's You'd it. never heard of that's it. That's it. Yeah. Just inventing, like, just starting something and giving it a go and creating, like, in the end, a new genre of music because mm. yeah. uh, i know rusty cooley like i'm not well versed in it i must have had a, a guitar uh video of him or something mm. you know yeah. like a, yep. an instructional but was he in a band like what, what yes was... he's he's had a few bands um i can't remember his current band because how do i know him i'm just trying to think you know well, like... i think he, he became famous as the guitar guru and instructional guy oh okay was, kind of like like or guthrie yeah. Govanish. yeah kind of, of a little bit like that he was yeah. very much known in in those shred communities yeah um and he did some solo stuff but i think one of his stories which i didn't ask him because i, I was so self-conscious that he's told the story a million times but he tried out for megadeth um, did he yeah at, at one point Holy and shit. he he turned down the gig um and he's done. He's just told the story so many times over the years. Yeah. But I, I wanted to ask him. I should have just gone, Rusty. I know you've told this a million times, but please, can you just <laughs> yeah, humour yeah. me for ten minutes and just tell me the story again? Why did he turn it down? Um, I just think it was. I think he. I think it was a control thing. Yeah. I think he wanted to do something himself, and it, yeah. he didn't want to be sort of a yeah, hired yeah. gun. And I think that's very much what you are when you come into. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's a legacy Dave's band. band. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Dave's band. Yeah. 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 And I think he just wasn't. I don't think he could have done what he wanted to do in that band. So, yeah. uh, and what he does now, he plays. Um, so he's based in based in Houston, I think, in Texas. And there's a couple of local guys that he plays in a band with. I can't remember the damn name of the band, but um, it's very different. Like it's it's a bit of it's got a bit of metalcore in there. It's some really sort of heavy drop like drop tuning oh, really? riffs, and and yeah. he shreds in there as well. But it doesn't sound like something I would expect Rusty Cooley to be into. Yeah, but wow. for him, it's obviously. An outlet to try and do yeah. something different. Because he was, yeah. uh, he was from the nineties, is when he was big, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. Yeah. One how and he's kept up because guitar, like you know, shred guitars, changed so much. Hey, eh? like mm. who's, who's the African dude? Um, like Toast and Abbas. Yeah, like yeah. holy shit! Like yeah, what's going on here? You think they can't get any better? And then fucking just someone comes along and just goes, "No, nah. yeah, 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 my turn." <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. I don't, oh, great. I don't want it to go back to the Slipknot days with no solos and yeah, yeah. I don't want that. Well, it was uncool for a while there. It's like solos. It's uh, such yeah. a wake, you know. I remember it was on that some some kind of monster. Yeah, that's saying, right. Yeah, Kirk, you're not doing yeah, any solos in this. Let me do a solo. <laughs> no fucking wah wah. That's it. Take yeah. it off of. Don't worry, that next album, that wah came back strong. At least learned how to play the fucking thing. Yeah. Like up and down. Who do you want to come on, like in the future? Who would be a good guest? Oh, look, there's 
there's heaps of people that I just constantly like. I'm I'm always like either listening to other podcasts or reading books. And I'm finding lots of different uh, sort of fascinating people. Yeah, like, just from the most random of places. So there's a there's a lady that um, works at the State Library of New South Wales in the city, and just on the surface, you go, oh, this sounds fucking boring. But she's run a couple of podcasts. Um, one was called the Buried Buried Files or Burial Files, and it was all about before Central Station was built. That was all a cemetery. Oh shit! And really? Uh, all through Central and Surrey Hills, and they end up excavating all the, exhuming all the bodies, and they relocated them to Rookwood and Bronte. Wow. And they built the train station there. But even when they've been making the new metro line, yeah. they've actually been finding more and more bodies. And so they've got so the historians coming in, they have to stop all, oh, the, all wow. the work until yeah. they remove these bodies and try and work out who they are and where they need to go. And so there was this, I don't know, 10 part series about basically what life was like before. Like while the cemetery was dead, the yeah. hygiene, like you know, mortality rates and yeah, all that sort of yeah. stuff, totally fascinating. And then this lady also did a podcast, and I can't remember the name, but it was all about the Spanish flu, and it oh, came out yeah. last year, just uh, around September last year, and it was sort of in light of what we've been going through uh, globally. And it was really interesting because basically we went through the same shit we've been going through now at the turn of the century. Yeah. And, you know, people's resistance of using masks, not taking things seriously. It was exactly the mm. same. Like, just history is repeating itself, but everyone's forgotten or wasn't around to yeah. understand. So they went back through the archives and told me stories. So for me, like, I love listening to this stuff. So I'm like, I've got to get this lady. But I've been so intimidated to, like, send her an email and go, oh, my name's Andy. I play <laughs> yeah. a heavy metal band. Can, I, can you be on my podcast? And she's like, mm, you know. Yeah. And she probably. I oh, think I, she'd love it. I, I, will, yeah. I will do it. I'll, I'll, I'm, just, I'm just stalling. Um, but I'll eventually have her on. But um, I think, and this is always my go-to person. This is my Moby Dick. It's John Farnham. Wow, John wow, Farnham really? is my yeah. like. I I'm just that I love cool. I love the guy. Just yeah. been a massive Fonzie fan for forever. And um, every uh, it's been a while, but uh, every few months for a while there, I was emailing Glenn Wheatley, and I go, Glenn, Andy, blah yeah. blah, my podcast coming up to episode 100 or coming up to episode 200 or whatever or 150 or whatever. I'm trying to find milestones. I'm like, I'd love to have John. He's like, oh, well, John's doing a tour at the, you know, in November. Um, contact me then. And I'm like, oh, there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> contact him. Like coming up to November, I've got it like in my phone, reminder there, ready to go, yeah, yeah. bam, Glenn, you mentioned before, refer to below email. And he's like, Glenn's not doing, um, uh, John's not doing any interviews. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I'm like, at least he's responding to me. Yeah, yeah. But um he is somebody that never does interviews anyway. And mm. I think if he ever does anything, it's like mainstream TV and that's mm, it. Yeah. He does not do, he doesn't like doing them at all. So he's my Moby Dick because I think it's so unlikely that I'll get him, but I'm going to work out a way. I'm going to yeah, find yeah, a way to trying. do it. Yeah, I'm going to find a way. I've got to make it appealing and I've got to, you know, I don't know. There's well, a few with ideas. The, but with yeah. the cover version, like that, that's a nice earn, man. Well, yeah. so. Was that the idea? <laughs> <laughs> so years and years ago um, We recorded Playing to Win oh, yeah. a Little River Band um, yeah. song And end up being in Farnsey's set for, for years And uh, this was recorded years ago I think it was still uh, during the Dungeon era And then we re-recorded it um, a few years ago And uh, Wheatley got it um, Brett Garsett I've had Brett Garsett on, on the podcast So John's yep. guitarist and so they've all heard it and they said, it's cool. And I was like, oh, it's pretty mad. Haven't heard it directly from the man himself, but through through the, the chain, it, yep. it, it appears yep. to have been accepted and they, they like it. And so we did Break the Ice and Break the Ice um, that's on the current album was actually a bonus track for our last studio album, Four Idols. And so it was only available on CD to begin with. And yeah. I didn't want to send a CD out. So I gave them like a Dropbox link and just sent it to Glenn. And Glenn replied back and said, sounds great or something like that. And I'm like, 
okay, that's cool. Yeah. So um, just before coming here tonight, actually, um, because we got the information or the, the news about the ARIA placement, I thought I need to get the hype train rolling yeah, for the next yeah, few yeah. days and see what I can do leading up to the, when the charts are released. So I, uh, I contacted uh, Rob Farnham, which is John's uh, son. <laughs> and so we follow each other on Instagram and there's a strict thing within the family and I'm sure that they won't mind me saying it, but family can't recommend anybody to John. So it's just, just keep it separate. Okay, so we've yeah. had some mutual friends that work in the music industry and they've tried to hook me up and go, hey, Rob, you reckon you can get John on Andy's podcast? And Rob's like, I can't do it. Like, just we, yeah. we stay out of it. And it's just yeah. business is business. We keep it. And I'm like, respect. Like, absolutely. But um, I sent him Break the Ice a while back and he said, love it. It's his favorite Fandi song. So on the way here, I flicked in the Spotify link and said, hey, by the way, it's out. Um, it's going to place in the ARIA charts. It's great to see this song, which has basically been a bit of an underground song mm. for fans, is prior to Whispering Jack and all of that. Yeah. be good to see it out there. So I'm crossing my fingers that yeah, he responds back and he goes and gives it a bit of love and goes, hey, Dad, go yeah, and listen yeah, to this. this yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. So I'm doing a bunch of that. I went back to like Darren Hayes from Savage Garden. Um, yeah. It's some of the oh, – I can't remember who else I've messaged um, – uh, Ivor Davies. Ivor Davies has listened to the uh, the Ice House cover that we've done. Yeah. So I've been sort of whoring it back out again, just yeah, hoping yeah. that a few people will share it around and give it a bit of the social media love. So you've always got to hustle. You've got to, you've got to hustle, man. Got to hustle. Hey, that's always a, hustling. I'm slack at hustling. We need to get a hustler on the show. We do. <laughs> what, like a whore or a f- <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I like that. plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> you need an ugly hustler. Ugly hustler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. I'm wrong generation with all of it. Well, yeah. Yeah. You need time though, eh? Where do you find the time you to? Need, you need time, spend. but I think it's also that, that tall poppy syndrome sort of thing where yeah. you sort of feel a bit mm, about sort of reaching out and talking up something yeah, and trying to sure. promote yourself. And It's pretty un Australian, really, isn't it? You it know, is. we're not used to doing shit like that. It is. And I've had to get past myself in order to sort of put things out and go, hey, like, we like something and we want to share it with you. And it's, I'm allowed to do it. Like, I'm, I can do it. Yeah. And so I've tried to find ways to do it in the most genuine way approach possible without yep. it sounding too wanky and too egotistical it's it's a tough but you still got to keep you know like we uh my wife and i put in an album out last year then covid hit so no gigs or anything and like adam was saying just kind of died and we're really proud of the album and do we re-release it you know it's like because nothing fucking happened like, we, need, reckon. we need to fuck it it'll be a shame to let it sit there like and, and yeah. nothing happened you know that's yeah. it you just want people to hear it yeah you know? just put it back out again. hopefully enjoy yeah. it yeah maybe well, I'm halfway through I think you should why not Fuck it. Fuck it. Well, well that's, you, you just got to get pushy, don't you? you just know? do what do what Excess does, ACDC does, the Wiggles do, all these bands that are just re-releasing their old albums, just chuck one extra bonus track on there. Chuck a demo on there. That's just throw something idea. in there. Yeah, just, it's yeah, it's the sure. extra track. It's like, hey, it's a re-release and just that one little extra track. Yeah, I love Put it. Put a tuning key on there. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we tune to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be a bit lower, bonus. actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, even, even actually um, the covers album that we just put out, so – We've got all the all the songs, and then when people buy the album on Bandcamp, you also get, oh, I think it's like two and a half hours of Tim and I doing a podcast and talking Beautiful. about all the twenty three oh, songs. That's a great idea, yeah. Stories behind the songs, what was going on in the band at the time, and also why we like these bands. So us just like fanning out over. Judas Priest and I made John oh, Farnham yeah, and Ice yeah. House, all these bands, and just going, oh yeah, I remember that album. That's really cool. And so we just did that for. We didn't expect it. We I think we were meant to only do it for an hour, and it was like two and a half hours. Sounds like fun though. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And that was a way for us to add a little bit of extra value to the product. So yeah, yeah. hey, add a podcast in and just talk about the songs if you wanted to. That's a great fucking. Are idea, you guys man. ever going to do a tablature book? 
Oh man, we've been punished for years for Fucking doing this. Hell. Everyone's too lazy to do it. We've, we've, uh, we've actually well. put the call out to people and said, "Hey, if someone actually wants to do it, like absolutely, like contact us and we'll, we'll work with them to to try and make it happen." Jesus. Well, would, yeah. is there? There might be some software that would. It probably do is a bad now. job, eh? Probably yeah, is now. there probably would be these yeah. days. So Balius is, you know, they actually write some music out. So you think Tab might be easier? Mm. Mm. Yeah, because mm. you can't find it any like. If it's up there, someone said, nah, that's not it. No, no, it's yeah. Not, it's not, not correct. There's not much out there. And I think, to be honest, I need some more stuff to sell. So let's let's get some tab books yeah, now. Yeah, I think yeah. you should. <laughs> you got a bit yeah. of spare time. I do have a little bit <laughs> <laughs> every now and then, but it seems to be getting drawn away yeah, every, it does, man. every couple of weeks. So what, um, what are you reading at the moment? Because I know you're an avid reader. Bit of a bookworm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um so you're going for twenty books, is it? This uh, 50, Fifty this 50. year. Fifty, yeah. So I'm, I'm. Uh, I was I'm, going for ten. <laughs> I'm on. It's good, man. Because at one point I was barely reading one a year. So yeah, 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 yeah it's, um, it's taken taken a while to get to where I am now. But um, I think I just finished book nineteen so far. I went hard in like January wow. because yeah. I had a bunch of. I was cheating. I found a bunch of small books. I'm like, I'm going to read all the small books. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah, you know. And uh, but I've been. I think the last book I read, and this is so weird, but I've been reading a lot of customer service books. This is so like so lame, <laughs> <laughs> so lame. But um, so for me, like in the band, like obviously playing bass, but I'm also like the, the sales guy, the marketing guy, yeah. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with just trying to find things that are outside the music industry that can be a point of difference. So, you know, you, we all buy things, we go to the shops. You know, you experience customer service all the time, and, and I'm trying to work out why particular companies and businesses retain people for longer. And mm. it's not, you know, you can have great music, but if you're not making the effort to connect with people and engage and make people feel valued, yeah, yeah. and making it easy for them, yeah. then they'll get distracted. It's not that they don't like you anymore; it's just that they've found something else. And yeah. now, like you know, you Fucking scroll through right. your feeds, you're just finding stuff all the yeah, time. Absolutely. So, we get people that come back and go, oh, I didn't even know you guys were releasing music anymore. I'm like, we haven't stopped. Like, what are you on about? Like, yeah. we've been constantly yeah, yeah. releasing music. Where have you been? And it's just you realise that you haven't connected with them for a while. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been reading, like, uh, I think the last book was called um, Ignore Your Customers and something, something, or whatever, from Micah Sullivan, some S- Solomon, and he was uh, some American customer service guru guy, very yeah. sort of wanky, over-the-top yeah. sort of guy. But, yeah. um <laughs> But there's some interesting stuff in there, and I, yeah. I learn like a lot. Like you know, for now, like as a as an example, like you know, every time someone orders from me and from the band, like I'll, like I'm really lucky where I live. Like I, I'm walking distance from the post office, so I'm just getting my steps in, walking down, posting stuff all the time. They love yeah. me down there. And as I'm walking back, I got my phone out. And I'm sending thank you videos, private link Great. on YouTube, uploaded oh, my YouTube shit. channel, sent it through on the message. So the sent, so change the status to sent. And I'll go, here's a little thank you video. And it's just me saying, hey, Ben, thank you so much for grabbing the CD, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, really appreciate your support. That's it's on, fucking it's on, great. It's, just yeah. posted it now. You should get it later this week or in yeah, a few yeah. weeks. Or you're in Germany, so I've got no freaking idea how long it's going to take, but I'll give you a tracking number. You can keep an eye on it. And those people come back the and keep super fans, man. You they converted them. And so yeah. those little things I love doing. So... It's such a weird thing to say, oh, I'm reading customer service books, man. But, but uh, it works. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's working. Yep. Just got to keep on to it and keep that enthusiasm up. But, you know, you love what you're doing. So. I do. And I think for me, like, yeah. you know, the podcasting and the role I play in the band and, like, just being here with you guys. Like, I love yeah. meeting people and talking and riffing mm. and talking shit and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. so any excuse for me to communicate and interact with people on, on there. <laughs> You're down with it. Oh, down, for <laughs> sure, man. For yeah, sure. that's great. Hey, on a, on a sidetrack, 
I'm 45, and I only just re- found out today, talking reading things, I actually uh, listened to a, uh, an interview this doctor was giving. Oranges are supposed to be green. You know, if they that go... That is so fucking <laughs> random. <laughs> fucking, I just had to put it out there. I love it. It just fucked me. I didn't like, know that. I no, didn't know. they're going well, off when they go orange, man. If you get yeah. a green orange, like an, it's like it hasn't turned orange yet, cut it in half, it's the best the orange is going to be. It's full of chlorophyll in the skin and all that. It's the healthy orange. Once they go orange, they're fucked. And in fact, a lot of our suppliers of oranges actually dye their oranges orange mm. or they, yeah. they shock freeze them and stuff. Because we're, we're, we're accepted. But yeah. and that's the, what they do with on salmon the equator, too. Man, like it's yeah, that's all, right. Salmon, I've had do. that as well. Have you seen sea? Salmon's quite, um, it's like almost it's like gray. a gray. Yeah. 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 Have yeah. you seen sea... Seaspiracy, is it? No, I've it's seen gone. people talking about it. Though. Holy shit. You're good? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. won't say anything. I hope it makes no, some changes. Like it's, it's I, I, I didn't watch it, fucked. but um, I watched uh, the dude from Sea Shepherd. Um, he's you know, on I a follow him. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying their ship, one of the Sea Shepherd ships, picked up two nets last year just floating there, fucking killing everything. 100 mile long nets, man. 70 tons of fucking net. Two well, of them, uh, and they're everywhere, man. These fuckers are. Yeah. Their actual modem operandi is to fucking wipe out all the fish, so yeah. the price goes up. They want to rape the fucking planet, man. Fuck them. Well, they were talking yeah. about the straws for one, just oh, yeah. one part yeah. of it, and they're like, everyone got on board with the straws, but um, it was a, the amount of plastic. It was a red herring. It was like, as a magician, oh, have your fucking little straws. Yeah. You still pour all the plastic into the fucking. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. even that. It's the fishing nets that. Pollute the whole ocean. Yeah. The discarded fishing. Did they gear. talk about that guy, um, the American guy, who's created that uh, invention that's yeah, sweeping the, that. sea, the sea and collecting like rubbish? Yeah, because apparently there's a, there's a rubbish pile in the middle of the Pacific. There is the size of Texas. Size of Texas man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like they said that that is a problem, but it's not as bad as the fucking uh, yeah. The but the, with the, all that stuff, the fundamental problem is the oil industry because plastic is a it's a byproduct. It's a it actually costs them From money oil. to get rid of that, so mm. they can turn it into a plastic little pellets and sell it. Yeah, right. So while that is a thing, there's no fucking recycling. Nothing will change it, man. And mm. everyone thinks, well, we're doing good and all that. We're going electric, but BP and maybe Shell, they've both spent billions of dollars on new plastics factory on the Florida coast. Because they know they're they're not going to sell as much petrol as before, they'll fucking sell more plastic, man. So I'm like we've spoken about it before, but I'm a I'm a, a advocate of the death penalty, but not for people, but for corporations. The only way we can fucking mm. stop this is to kill Shell. Like it's not a real person; it thinks it's a person. It's a demon, and it needs to get fucking killed. So um, well, it's like it's like them. here in in Australia with like fossil fuels and mining and things like that. Yeah, it, those giants aren't going to change until they work out. The, the economical sort of yeah. benefit of going to renewable energy. Yeah. And when they can start to siphon the money out of that, That's right. then they'll move then away they from will, coal and iron. Will. The problem with that is that how do you put a, that's true. a fucking um, a meter on the sun? You know, that's 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 the issue. Like they want to, like Bill Gates was saying he wanted to fucking put some asteroids up or something and block mm. the sun out to stop fucking global warming. That guy, man, yeah. Bill, Billy, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we, we've already, wrote, we wrote him off in the earlier <laughs> <the> last <laughs> one. Speaking of thunder, man. All right. Oh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and good old Angus for still going. You know, I know we were paying yeah. out ACDC now, but he still sweats like a motherfucker when he plays. I'll tell know? you what, that last album, I mean... It wasn't yeah, bad, was it? I it was actually pretty good. And look, I totally, they, they've got a formula, they're sticking to it. Yeah. But it is, it's, 
I really liked the 80s era of, of ACDC. That's yeah. some great stuff. And it had some 80s vibe to it. Oh, yeah, And yeah. it just, I think, compared to probably the last couple of albums beforehand, it doesn't seem... I mean, it's definitely dialed in, but it's not dialed yeah. in like it was. It sounds like they put a little bit more effort into it. And uh, I kind of dig it for yeah, what it is. Man. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's ACDC. Keep the expectations in check and you're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and Brian's back with them? Yeah. 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 So that whole air thing was bullshit. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. I think there was a there was a sixty minutes interview with with him. I think they were talking about it, but I didn't watch it, so I don't know what, yeah. what the go was. Brian's got a good uh, show on. Oh, it's on Prime, so you have to pay Bezos for it. But it's uh, Life on the Road, and the interviews like Robert Plant. Yeah, it's on um, YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it's a really fucking cool yeah, right. show, man. Yeah. he's a really nice guy. Holy yeah, he's shit. Cool. What a I cool liked cat. him on. Um, he went on Top Gear. Remember that? Yeah, show? yeah, yeah, and. Um, he got the fastest lap, so they went and gave him a trophy. And he's like, oh, I love it. Brain Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, good on you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking champion. Oh, jeez. Um, so what do you like? Do you like being on the road or what do you like about it? I like, mean, it's been ages since we played. Yeah. I mean, uh, the last show we played was July 2019. So Shit. it's getting on now. Yeah. It's weird. Um, getting at your feet. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but I think for us, like the older we get, and I mean, I'm not old. I'm, I'm sort of, what am I? I uh, 36, 36, that'll, that'll do. I, I tend to, when I get into, once I got to 30, I just lost track. I just, yeah, that's just, the way, man. Yeah, it doesn't no, no idea. I've got yeah. no idea. I have to sort of do the bit of math and go, what year was I born? Okay. Um, but all of us in the band, I'm the youngest out of the three, and everyone's starting to have kids and yeah, different yeah. jobs and things like that, different types of commitments, partners, yep. marriage, all that sort of stuff. And so when we go away, it's just it's it's not like we were all in our twenties anymore. So everyone's sort of like a little bit slower. We want some nicer things, yeah. a little bit more creature comforts, and then no brown M and M's. No, yeah. no, it's a little come on, guys. You know, so um, it's a bit it's a bit more effort to get back out and play. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I, I definitely miss it. I, I miss it a lot, and I've got a lot of mates who are out there playing and have been just constantly playing, and I'm just looking at going, oh man, I'd love to I'd love to get into it and yeah, yeah, and do it. But I do. I also remember coming off the end of a tour and being away for a few weeks and going, I can't wait for this to end. Oh my God. Like I'm just sick and tired of being around these people. This is yeah, just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, I just want my own bed. I want to just, I want to just do my own thing. I don't want to have to walk out the door and someone go, where are you going? Like, Oh, can I come? It's like, no, I just want to go for a walk. <laughs> and I just leave me alone, you know? All that sort of stuff. So I, I whenever I feel, yeah. And I can't actually tour. I remember those those post tour thoughts or the end of tour thoughts, and I go, "Yeah, okay, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's all, right. all right. I've got my own bed. Oh, yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah. chill out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Because I remember like travel, just traveling. I haven't fucking toured, <laughs> but um, yeah, you kind of miss your own your bed. Yeah, after a while. But then you when, do. when you get back, you're like, yeah, but it doesn't last long. Like you, no. you, want, you want to go back out again. Yeah, like it's it's. They're just fleeting moments, and I think at the end of like yeah, traveling, you know, just going on a holiday, or whatever. You're starting to think about home and you start to get homesick and or you're just thinking about, oh, like I'm sick and tired of like sleeping on this shit bed or wherever it is and I just yeah. want my own place, you know, I want to be able to just do my own thing. But um, yeah, within within days or weeks, you, you start to like, or even the bad memories of being away somewhere and being, you know, unclean because you haven't had a shower or just mm. like or hungover or just sick or whatever, they start to become 
like nostalgic, beautiful yeah, memories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that wasn't that bad after all, yeah, you know. Oh, right. I wish I could go and do that again. Oh, if only I could go back, you know. And then you're back and you go, oh, man, I hate this. I just want to go home. <laughs> it's always, the grass is always green on yeah, the other side. Right. It is Every right. time I fail, Mark's going to feel that with this boxing match he's got coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's exactly the same though. He was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. And then he's got all, yeah, I guess he's so. all gung ho for it. I'm like, I wonder yeah. if he's going to feel that. He's only got two weeks left. Two weeks left. Two weeks left. And there you go. So it'd be interesting. A little bit of a post analysis to see. Yeah, for That's sure. It. Yeah. 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 It'll be, um, live on Fox Sports and KO TV. There you go. 23rd of April. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we should wrap this. Bitch yeah, up now then. That was great. That was pretty good. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. It was awesome. Great. Anyway, would, you can catch Andy on Andy Social. Oh, yeah, so Wi-Fi, Lord everywhere. Um, I've got a really wanky website. It's like egomaniac here. Tall poppy syndrome doesn't exist. AndyDowling.net. And I've just dumped everything there. So Lord's there, the podcasts are there, Patreon's there, everything's there. So if people just want to know or have a sticky beak, they can just go go there. Awesome. And check it all out. We'll put up yeah. a link. Sweet. That's great. Let's- Cheers, Andy. <laughs> All right. We did. That's it.